That could make a Wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern day Yoda. I'm your Huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Welcome in. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what to say now. Welcome in if, you, if you're wondering why the Mike Rutherford Friday show is starting about 15 minutes, minutes later than usual. Trevor Kelsey texted me, as he tends to do, at about 2.30 a.m. last night. I actually did see the text. I was awake at that time. Why didn't you, why didn't you reply when I texted you? I thought about it, but I was, I, was tr- I was attempting to fall back asleep at this time, and I was like, I don't need Trevor then being like, did you watch Beverly Hills Cop at, at 3 <laughs> in the morning and then having to go back and forth? So I just let it be. Uh, but Trevor texted me at 2.30 a.m. last night to let me know that we were going to be doing the show today at the OG Studios, a.k.a. the Jeffersonville, Indiana Studios, and I was actually watching that thing you do when I texted you. Were you really? Yeah. Huh? It was on stars. Worst ways to spend a, the early hours <laughs> of a Friday morning. But I responded this morning and said, you know, cool. I think I gave you the thumbs up. The thumbs up like, yeah. And then I promptly went to the normal studio. <laughs> and did, I, like, I still didn't realize it. I, wa- I noticed that your car, like I wasn't early. I got there at about 2.45. But your car is usually al- always there when I get there. Yep. And I didn't see you out there. I'm like, well, that's it's strange, but it's not unprecedented. Sometimes I'll be a few minutes later than normal. Yeah. So I go, I, I go in there. I sit down. There's nobody there, of course, because it's you know big X spring break, month and a half, apparently. <laughs> and it takes about 10 minutes, and I realize, oh, bleep. It's, you didn't it, see Gary there? No, I didn't. Uh, he should be there. It's supposed to be doing a game. <laughs> it's like it, it's 2.58, and I'm like, oh, my God. I went to the wrong studio. So I call you. I'm like, I'm going to need 15 minutes. But here I am. <laughs> We're here. Look, I'm the father of two, children (laughs) under the age of three, recently conquered COVID, heroically saved our house from a stray cat that got in the basement ceiling, heroically ripped my dog away from a possum fight with her bleeding nose. Again. All I'm saying is sometimes things are going to slip my mind, and it's not my fault. (laughs) Heroes can only do so much around here, Trevor. And I mean, I was here. I remembered. You did. I know you. You. you caught, it's I, amazing I, that I even. I, I, I'm glad I caught it because it was. It, it was lost, and the, the request of us doing the show from here was like lost in the middle of a thread. When I called on you email last night, and I'm just happened to be going through it, making sure I didn't miss something that I not this. And I saw, and, and at the very end of one of the the thread emails was, by the way, Mike, we need to do a show from somewhere else on Friday. I'm like, 
It's Thursday at 2 in the morning. <laughs> Trevor answered the phone when I called him, knowing full well what was going on, yeah. and just answers and just goes, I thought I was supposed to be the burnout. I'm like, here we go. Like, it's, it's already started. Uh, I've had the worst cough today, too, and we have, I've got no water here. Usually we have the, I, I grab the water from We've got the, a kitchen. The kitchen. Well, okay. It's, it's not the same. It's not the same as the, the luxury that we have with the coffee maker. I was hoping, I needed that little pick-me-up today, and I'm not going to get it. So we will, uh, we'll be struggling with you until 6 o'clock, but what else is new? We don't, it, we don't have a coffee maker here. I know. Well, we do, but it's like old school. It's, it's, like, it's like the one that has like the three, uh, three uh, potholders, too, on it. I also, like, does KRC, first of all, the mic that I typically use here has been dismantled. It, it's it's <laughs> lying on the table for some reason. I don't know if Roush and Walker had some sort of throwdown or if Scooter Dingus got mad at the IU smack and finally just snapped and ripped it off. But uh, that mic is off. I don't know if, if, if they have the same issue. I only get, and this doesn't bother you because you always have your headphones on just one ear. The mono, yeah. But I can only hear out of one ear. I think that's, that, that's how it is in there in general, yeah. These these Kentucky people. And right? it doesn't know. I don't notice it because you're right. I, I only put my headset on one side of my ear anyway. So these roll call folks, and I guess uh, you know Matt Dennison too. The, these these IU and, and Kentucky fans. Don't forget Spears. Is Spears over here. Yeah, Spears over there. Where's Spears Collegiate Allegiance? I know he's a San X guy. So uh, I, I think have... he's pretty much just the local area. I, I mean, I don't think he has really a particular one that I know. Well, of. Then I can lump him in here too because you know, yeah. these UK IU and San X people. <laughs> I don't know how they operate, and I don't know how they do this. I don't know. I guess they're just fine listening out of one ear, but it bugs me. Anyways, uh, we're here until 6 o'clock. Even though we're late on the air, we do want to hear from you on the Thornton's text line, so hit us up at 502-414-1450. We're reminding you, uh, continuing to remind you, as we will be all week long, about the Thornton. Oh, God, I don't have it in front of me. I started I started to do the read, and I don't have it in front of me. Oh, my Lord. This is just, I mean, can we what just restart disaster. the entire day? I've got. <laughs> did you miss Wordle this morning too? I got it in three. So did I. Nice. I was. I, I felt like it was relatively. Easy. It was easy. Yeah. Well, I went to print this out yesterday because I need. You know, I I need like a liner sheet. I, I, when I have reads that I need to do, I need to have it in front of me in print, or I'm just never going to remember do you, it. Do you know what I? Well, first of all, do you have access to the text line? I do. Okay. Text line's good. Okay, good. Okay. Uh, second, I, I think I know what is completely to blame for all this. Tell me. You're a COVID completely thrown up. No. no can we see COVID as an excuse? I always use that excuse when I don't want to go see somebody. Like the last two times I've had family gatherings, sorry, <clears throat> COVID. It's not comfortable. Uh, yeah, it's not comfortable with it. Uh, no, the Reds won last night, and you have no idea how to react to this. True. This is completely taking you all, all off. I told of, you if they won, I'd wear my Reds gear today. You did. I got it on. You did, and I mean, I didn't notice because I was just surprised, just, just happy to see you walk in the door, to be honest with you. Sprinting in. Yeah. <laughs> Flustered, but I think that you you did you did not expect that to happen. That is completely thrown you off tilt. It is it, it, it is it is made you completely out of out of whack all day today. I blame the Reds for winning. Amazingly, I, I think that there's something to that, and we're going to yeah. talk about that. But before we do, this was all just a big tease. I had this in front of me the entire time. I was just trying to build up suspense because what I was referring to is the fact that Thornton's in the Louisville Urban League are excited to present. And once again, you can just say mega, but when you put it in all caps. It says something entirely different. It communicates exactly just how big this thing is. They are excited to present a mega hiring fair featuring multiple employers that are looking to hire right now. If you're in need of work, hit up this hiring fair. It's going to take place uh, a week from yesterday, Thursday, April 14th at the Norton Healthcare Sports and Learning Center, which is located at 3029 West Muhammad Ali Boulevard. Come on out from 3 to 6 p.m. Again, while you're listening to The Mike Rutherford Show in your ears, while you're interviewing for these jobs. Don't forget your ID. 
Don't forget your resume. They're going to have on-site interviews and job offers. They're going to have management positions with competitive salaries, hourly positions ranging from between $15 to $20 an hour with competitive benefits package. You can also earn a chance to win a $50 gift card. So even if you don't find a gig that fits your interest that you really are excited about, hey, you can win 50 bucks while supplies last. Hit on up the Louisville Urban League and Thornton's. They're going to bring you this job fair again week from yesterday, Thursday, April 14th at the Norton Healthcare Sports and Learning Center at 3029 West Mamanelli Boulevard. See, I was ready the whole time. I knew this was happening. I just wanted to get the Reds talk in there. I wanted you to bring it up you first. You just wanted me to have a reason to bring it up. I wanted you to mention it before, so I didn't have to be the one who brought it up. And then I wanted to get to Thornton's. I've got to screenshot this so I can at least have the image here. <laughs> I've got to get. I tried to print it out at the state. I can't get the, the the printer or the copier at the normal studio to work. I can't do it. They're like, it should just pop up. Well, it doesn't, guys. I don't know what else to say. Don't you have a printer or a copier at your house? I do, but I also I forget about the read every time until I come in here. I'm struggling today. I don't I don't know I don't know how else to say it. It's I mean, been it's it, been a long. I've never needed a Friday more. Usually, like, I don't <laughs> I don't mind it that much. You know, it's hey, we come in here, we shoot the bleep for three hours. You need a weekend, man. I need a weekend. I need a weekend. You, I mean, it, what, big plans this weekend? I'm going to spend this weekend the way that everybody who has spent the past month and a half, the last five six weeks covering college basketball at nauseum is should be spending this weekend watching baseball. I don't mean watching baseball. I don't mean getting rest. I don't mean going out and having a date night with the wife. I mean, of course, attending Disney on ice oh, my. with two young children. Is that is that going on like all weekend or something? All weekend, baby. Because I had a friend of mine, I was talking to her last night, and she, she said she'd just gotten back with her. her, and her uh, they took their five-year-old to see it last night. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. Can't wait. I can't wait to hear Virginia flip out because it's not just Minnie and Mickey the entire time. It's characters she doesn't know. She, uh, it's going to be. Can I? I, I now I'm you're not, just taking Virginia. I'm assuming her taking cousin. Virginia, but and her cousin Audrey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, taking, John is not going. Mine's be not intense. going. Yeah, John, he's too young. John will be screeching. Yeah, young Trevor Rutherford will not be. No, not no. be. In There's no reason to take any. Any child under the age of like three does not need to be bothered taking to Disney on well, anything. Virginia's under the age of three, so she's borderline. Appreciate though. that. She, but she gets it. She's. Yeah, but she's two going on like six in terms of intelligence. Well, and attitude too. Well, no, I'm going to put this out more there. like thirteen on attitude, maybe. Good but. lord! <laughs> if anybody listening, and we're good to there's big basketball news we're going to talk about. We will talk about the Reds. There was news. Blue Jays start tonight. But before too. we we do that, I need somebody to make me feel better. I, I need somebody who's a parent of a child who is at least a year, hopefully more older than mine, who can. I'm here for you, buddy. Just tell me it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Because Virginia is, God love her, she's two and a half. And just in the last couple of weeks, the mood swings are (laughs) testing my patience. Like, like, I feel like I'm a pretty patient person. I'm definitely the one in our relationship who I think stays calm under unique circumstances. We'll say that better uh, than Mary does. But her mood shifts from one to 100 like at the smallest thing, and it's coming out of nowhere. She goes from the happiest kid. For instance, today, she has she's got this you know, toy kitchen that we slaved putting away for putting it together for like four nights before Christmas a couple of years ago. Thank God she still plays with it. If not, we would have had to have given her up for adoption. <laughs> but she's playing with her in, in her toy kitchen, and she's telling me because I had just made coffee. She's like, "I'm making coffee," and I'm like, "Cool, that that's great." She's playing. Our babysitter Madison comes over. And she's like, oh, Virginia, are you having a tea party? You would have thought that she picked Virginia up and stabbed her in the, the ribs 
because Virginia is like, I am having coffee. I am making just flips out, like yelling at her, calling her a monster. She's like, you're a monster. I was like, this is I, was like, <laughs> I, I like I, and, you know, you never know exactly how to discipline a two and a half year old because you don't understand how much they get. So I take her back in the bedroom. And I sit her down. I'm like, we don't talk to people this way. We don't we don't scream. You made baby John cry. And this just keeps happening. Like, like I'd say nine or ten times a day. We're like the small. Yesterday, she wanted to carry every single one of her books. She has like 200 books. And because she couldn't carry all of them at the same time, that was caused to flip out and just start throwing her books. And I don't, all I'm asking for is somebody tell me that this is going to be okay. <laughs> tell me that this goes away. Tell me that at some point she's going to just be even keeled. I, I know they're going to be mood swings at different ages, but just tell me that this from zero to 100, nine or 10 times a day, is a phase. Because if not, I don't know what I'm going to do. Do you want the truth, or do you want me to make you to tell you it's going to be okay? I want somebody who actually has kids and has gone through this process to tell me what they think. I don't. I don't know how much I'm relying on you, Trevor. God love you. But what? What's your advice? What? Are you, what are you going to say as a father of none? Pick up a lot of vices on the side. <laughs> it's not going to get any better, dude. In fact, it's going to get crazier. Because the the, the, the the swings will stay, but then the ability to just leave will, will continue. And then you get slamming doors. And you get then and then you get just total heartache. I can deal with that stuff. Like, like that that's expected. Like I know that I know there's You can are expect the, the coming home three hours after curfew. I assume that's gonna happen. Okay. Like like I was a kid, we all were kids. Like I remember being a teenager. Um I mean I know Mary's experience as a teenager, like we know what we're getting into, especially with her. Like I've said this before, I think she's going to be a very difficult teenager and then a very fun person to interact with and be around when she's like in her twenties. That's gonna say late twenties, early thirties is what you're looking for. I'm looking to. forward to those. Years. That's what you're looking. That's where the hope is. Is the late twenties. But just for like these years, these early years, I just need to know that like me telling her that we can't go to the beach right now eventually is going to be like an acceptable thing that she can process and not mm. just flip out over. Maybe closer to 10 or 11. She's also just refusing to wear clothes. Like I, I, <laughs> I don't know what to do about this. I, I, I don't but know. Didn't you, but, did, but that was part of, Aren't you slightly to blame that? Because didn't, didn't you use that strategy for potty training? No. Oh, I thought you did. No. I thought that was your potty training strategy, was just like just run around naked and that way you can use the toilet when you want. No, I mean, we wouldn't keep every now and then. I mean, we didn't have like a diaper on her. Yeah, okay. But we would usually keep pants or underwear on her. But now she just wants it off constantly. Man, I think all kids go through that phase, though. But she also like she she's manipulative. I'm still halfway in that phase. She'll, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, I'd love to be naked all the time. But she <laughs> she'll take her shirt off and be like, it was soggy. She just started throwing this word all the time. Like, if she gets a drip of water on a sleeve, she's like, it's soggy. I'm taking it off. I gotta get naked. And she also now like if I'm if I'm anywhere. If I'm trying to work in the basement, if I'm trying to go to the bathroom, if I'm trying to like be in the bedroom, like like whatever, she'll be like, "Daddy, I've got to go potty." And I know she doesn't. I, I know she's just manipulating. Just to, yeah. She just wants me to to take care of her and be around. And it's just, I don't know. Um, the text line already. I can I can just I glanced at it. I can tell it's not going to make me feel better. <laughs> I mean, the first text that I see, Mike, literally, it gets many times worse. Being a parent of a teenage daughter is no joke. Thanks. <laughs> Let me know that like ages Again, five did you want us to lie to you or do you want okay. us to like just, you know. Texture says it gets better, kind of, not really. Not really. <laughs>
Tex said we had a tough time in the twos in the beginning of three. I feel you. I had a tough time with it too. Yeah, it's not. It's not great. It's not. I don't think that to answer your text, though. He just told you it was he had the tough times, too. Just, yeah. Did, did the fives get better? What about sixes and sevens? <sighs> just, uh, yeah. Did, did it improve during the eight, nine, and tens? Texas, hey, Mike, I have a, uh, I have one that is a year older than Virginia. It will be fine. She'll be a sweetheart a year from now. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I wanted to hear. I think you I think you do get that, 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 that good stretch between, like, maybe, like, six to ten. That's what I'm hoping for. Like, that's what I want. Because that, that, I mean, that's when they're like, they, they still want to hang out with daddy. They want to be part of the family. Now, I think well, around. She wants to hang out with daddy constantly. Now, that is part of the problem. Okay. She wants daddy to never <laughs> be away ever. And she uses it to her. The other night, I mean, so we, I, you know, I've, I've been doing the thing, especially. Eventually, you're going to appreciate that. I am. But, like, she also, like, she plays at my emotions already. And she knows how to do it. Like, she, I, I'm trying to, you know, we do the thing where when she gets up in the middle of the night, which she still does too much. I let her like cry and be in there for at least 10 to 15 minutes just to put the vibe out there. They're like, I'm not going to come in the second you wake up. And when I come in there, I tell her, you know, lie back down. We're not getting in, in mommy and daddy's bed. You're going to sleep here. And we're trying to do that. Well, the other night, because I've been working so much, and especially at night where Mary's had to be like, daddy's working. You, you need to leave him alone. She wakes up at like 1230. And she, all I hear is, daddy, daddy, are you working? <laughs> Oh no, Daddy's working, and I was like, "Oh my God!" I was like, "I'm that dad. I'm that parent now. I feel like that absent dad, even though I'm in the house like 18 hours a day. Absent, the only yeah. the only time I'm not around is I when I promise come here to you, do you're the not show. the absent dad. I <laughs> but like she's 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 making me feel that way. So I'm of course like sprinting there. I'm like, yeah, just just get in bed. You're fine. She's well, there's a problem. You're spoiling her too much. Well, I'm trying. I'm doing the best I can, Trevor. I'm trying to be you, you got to make your uh, a latchkey kid like I grew up being. You know, here's, here's the remote, honey. Go, go, go Daddy Tom C. Go Daddy Seaver, duck you in. I'd like her to be somewhere in between super spoiled and Trevor Kelsey. I, I'm looking for a happy medium. <laughs> well, I on? love you. Don't get I, me wrong. I, I I'm looking for a happy medium. I think that's the sweet spot every every hitter's looking for. <laughs> that's the sweet spot. Back to back tax here. This is what I'm looking for. They call them the terrible twos for a reason. It'll get better. Texter says. They're, that's why it's called the terrible twos. They're testing boundaries, et cetera. It will get better. I'm a parent. Those three years are extremely hard on parents. Hang in there and stay positive. Thank you. Yes, I'm so already feeling better. I think I told you that before. You <laughs> no quite way. literally ten, five minutes ago were like, do you want me to be nice or do you want me to tell you the truth? <laughs> well, I mean. <laughs> Texas, I got a five-year-old son <laughs> and twins, soon to be two-year-old girls. It's a damn roller coaster of emotions. And now the twins are starting to mimic our son's behavior. Never enough bourbon hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You, you at the end of the day, like you've got to, you got to spend some time for yourself. Yeah, whatever that is, whatever you need to do, you, you got to do it. Um, we've got actual sports news to talk about. Do we really? We do. Um, <laughs> the Reds won. Baseball's back. Baseball is back. Blue Jays play tonight. The Blue Jays play tonight. My guy. It, it still is weird. I was watching a little bit of the you know, Yankees Red Sox. And it still is so strange to me that like one of my best friends for my entire life is the hitting coach for the New York Yankees. How'd they do last night? They didn't play. They, they opened oh, today. Open They're down 4-3 in the uh, bottom of the seventh right now. They gave up three runs before getting an out. So that wasn't good. <laughs> but that's not his fault. Well, he's the hitting. That's the pitching coach. Exactly. I want the Yankees to score a million runs this year. Best offense in the history of baseball. And I still want them to suck. That's what I've told him. Like, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I can't be a Yankees fan. I've despised them my entire life. I'm not going to change now. But I hope you have success. So... There it is. Yeah, that comes uh, ditto for me. 
You've got what, what you don't. You? you don't have the masters on in there though, do you? You don't know what's going on right now. I don't. I don't know what's going on at Augusta. I got. I got the leaderboard up. I mean, I can pull the leaderboard up. I can't watch the actual tournament here. Apparently, Willett is in the lead. Danny. Sure. It just uh, says D Willett. That means Cam Smith is. is oh, he's not in the lead. top five. Yes, he is. Oh, he's not. I'm looking at it right here. He's. I'm he's, looking at it right now. D Willett for fourth. One, two, three, four. No, I'm looking at that. What is he at? Minus two? Two under. Oh, well, that he doesn't reach it. This only does top five, but top five. Number two under is number five on here. I'm looking at a short list, I guess. Thank you. Master's update with Trevor Kelsey <laughs> right there. Willett leading, followed by Schwartzel, then M, Matsusumama, and Varner. Say that again. Matsumayama. Matsuyama. Matsumayama. A player who we literally talked about yesterday. Did we really? During the, is this a player or, and you thought it was Hideki Matsui. The oh, yeah, player. the baseball player. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, he is hey, at least I went to the right studio. Yeah, you, well, <laughs> you're going to have that one all day. I'm going to use it all day. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the big men's basketball news of the day. There are a couple of items that we're going to get to that I thought were of particular note. We've been waiting on now the last three members of last year's Louisville men's basketball team who have not made their future plans known to see what they're going to do. And last night I got, I got hit up. I, I haven't had I, – I mean, I've been, I've been honest about this. If I don't have info, if I can't give you any sort of inside scoop, I, I'll let you know. We had all these you – know, all the Duke rumors out there yesterday, which we talked about at the beginning of the show, and I straight up said, like, I, I have got no insight here. I don't know who these people are talking about. I don't know how legit this is. I don't know what's going to happen or if anything's going to happen, and I stand by that. Last night, though, I found out what's going to happen with the roster. And All the details? Yes. All right. And, hey, novel concept, I'm going to tell you. You said last week, Trevor, you, know, you kind of pointed out the fact that it seems like all of these announcements are being done like one at a time. Like oh, yeah. There's was, some sort of organization here. I'm, they, drew, they drew numbers to see who, where they go in to see who makes the announcement. That's absolutely the case. <laughs> like, they, like that is – I can't tell you for sure about the players. I nailed it? Yeah, you nailed it. All right. I can't tell you for sure about the players who are announcing that they're entering the transfer portal, but as far as the guys who are coming back, there absolutely has been some communication as far as, hey, this is this guy's day, this is that guy's day, this is when you're going to do it, and that's how it's worked. So last night, got told, tomorrow, Jalen Withers is going to announce that he's coming back. Nice. Why, to, why, why did he want to do it on a Friday news dump, I guess? I don't know. I can't tell you. All right, okay. This weekend, I believe you are going to hear that both J.J. Trainer and Roosevelt Wheeler are going to make announcements that they're going to come back. And then on Monday, I believe we're going to get the official word that Nolan Smith has been signed as the new associate head coach of the University of Louisville. Let's talk team. about on Monday. Lots to talk about on Monday. I, I can't tell you because I know that everybody's going to ask, well, is, is the Milt announcement going to happen on Monday as well? Uh, are they going to announce the third assistant as well? Because there's been talk that they, you know, Kenny Payne's holding off on an official announcement until he can announce the entire staff. I can't tell you that. All I know is the plan as of yesterday was for the Nolan Smith official announcement to be made on Monday. So we'll see. But today we did get the official announcement from Jalen Withers. He put a uh, tweet out about, uh, what, like uh, 11 a.m., I think, announcing coming back. And this was one player that you and I had talked about, and I think the text line has, has talked about, and said there's been, a, I guess, a little bit of a back and forth about him. I said in no uncertain terms I'd love to see Jalen Withers come back. I think you agreed just because when he has been – like his highlight reel from the past two seasons I think would be the most highlight 
impressive highlight reel of any of the players that we're talking about on last year's roster. And that includes L. Ellis, who's had some moments, uh, and Sidney Curry have had some moments. But Jalen Withers, having that size and that combination of athleticism and at times that shot-making ability that he's displayed, like his, his good is so good. And that's why I've been saying if he enters the transfer portal, he's going to wind up getting a ton of high major offers or, or, or power conference offers because people are going to see that highlight tape and they're going to be like, how the hell did this guy put up such pedestrian numbers this past year? If he can do these types of things, though, we can turn him into a more complete player. Like, If you are a coach who believes in your abilities to develop talent and you see the potential in Jalen Withers' highlight reel, you're going to say, hell yeah. Let's get him on campus. Let's work with him. We can make him stronger with the ball. We can work on his decision-making. We can, we can mold this into an all-conference-type player. And I'm glad now that the coach who's going to be doing that molding or attempting to be doing that molding is Kenny Payne. Because as badly as it would hurt to see really any of the guys who are going somewhere else just light it up next season after having average years at, at Louisville this past season, Withers would be the guy that I think would bug me the most. Just because... His redshirt freshman season, he was good. He was he averaged double figures in points. We didn't have a single player average double figures in points this past year. He was on the all-freshman team at the ACC. He got some love for all-conference. He got some love for freshman of the year. There were plenty of reasons to believe, like I did, and like I think a lot of people did, that he was poised for a breakout season this past year as a sophomore. Like I thought Jalen Withers was going to be all-conference this season. I thought he was going to be our best player. And I thought there was a chance that he could bolt for the NBA. And Chris Mack said the same thing. He said if the if the light bulb goes off and he has that clicking moment and he starts working the way that we want him to work, he could be gone in, in five months. And he said if it doesn't, he's going to be here for another three years. And the light bulb moment didn't happen for whatever reason. And not only did it not happen, he got markedly worse in just about every single category from the season before. <laughs> There is a mute button in there for you. Is there? Because I'm going to need it today. The red one, yeah. I'm going to have to get that water, too. This is, this is yeah. a struggle bus day. I'm telling <laughs> you, I'm, I've, I've let you know from the start, I'm not playing it up. It's going to be a struggle bus until 6 o'clock. Hold on. Let me, let me, let me try we it out right now. button? Try it out right now. All right. See, nobody hears anything. There you go. Look, I just coughed directly in the mic, and it felt great. <laughs> it felt wonderful. It sounds like a problem for, 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 for Sean tomorrow morning. <laughs> well, does he come in here? Yeah. Sorry, Rashad. Don't use this mic. I'm not the, going to tell you which one it is. The one of the two. <laughs> Russian roulette. You figure out which one you're going to use. But Withers, coming back to me, I still think that potential is is there. And I wouldn't have been able to say the same thing if he hadn't had the games that he had towards the end of the season where, I mean, there was a stretch. The Notre Dame game, the North Carolina game. I can't remember. I think it was maybe – Duke or somewhere else in that uh, around that time of the year where he was our best player for like a week and a half or a game I mean he was he was very good and he became kind of the focal point of the offense for a little bit now it became Sidney Curry after that but still having that at least flash said to me like like he can do this he, he can take the step that we all thought was coming this year maybe in 2022 23 I'm gonna have to get a water this is this is a, this is a disaster. I you need me go get you something to drink. Yeah, you need you need me go get you water or something. I tell you what, I know we started late. Can we take a break and then come back and wrap up the hour? Because I, I I can't keep talking. Yeah, I can't keep doing this. <laughs> Let's go to break. We're gonna reset. I haven't had a chance to get. Anything. This is just 
Uh, I'm flustered. I'm flustered. We're going to talk more about Jalen Withers. If you have thoughts, text them in 512-414-1450. It really is. I'm so sorry. My deepest apologies. It's Friday. Whatever. Cut us some slack. We're going to take a quick break. I'm going to grab some water. Hopefully this cough will go away. My nose will stop running. I'll, I'll compose myself. We'll do that after the break. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 The Big X. Says I am the greatest. The game is on the line. And he gives his all one last time. And the ball goes up like the moon so bright. Swings his bat with all his might. And the world's as still as still can be. And the baseball falls. That's strike three. You really doing this right now? So that speedball right by you. I mean, you know I'm having a bad day. You know I'm at the end of my wits here. And you're going to throw not only this song, but the speedball part right in my face. You know how I feel about this song? You know how I feel about that line? You just need to get back to glory days. This is not a glory day for me. There's nothing glorious about the way that I'm feeling right now. <laughs> well, you need, that's why you need to get back to glory I'm days. I'm upset. There's a constant tickle in my throat. My nose won't stop running. This is a disaster. You need to get back to those days when you could throw that speedball right past somebody. Well, those days are long gone. I can tell you that much. <laughs> long gone days. I tried to throw a baseball as hard as I could, like probably like six months ago, and I, I think I'm still sore from it. It's, <laughs> it feels terrible. I haven't pitched off a mound since I was 18. I, I, I don't need to be. My body does not need to be moving that way ever again. What was the fastest you ever threw a pitch? Uh, 85. Nice. On like an actual radar gun. Yeah. Which for, you know. I wish I could have. I'll never know how fast. I never had the luxury of being gunned, I guess. I mean, relatively, I'm a relatively small guy. And throwing mid-low 80s, I think, was pretty, was solid for me. Um, I'm sure I wouldn't even get in the 60s, probably. I, do you remember the whole Phil Mickelson thing where, like, he. He's one of the few golfers I know. Of course yeah. I remember Phil. But there was a big story probably like 10, 12 years ago where he, like, long tossed before. Golf rounds to get loose. It was part of the way that he loosened his body up. Long toss? Yeah, long toss is you know, pretty self-explanatory. You, you throw from a distance. Uh, baseball getting loose before practice or whatever. Okay. And Just throwing the ball, okay. You know, footage of it started circulating around Sports Center and, and the internet and all this stuff, and it looked like he had good throwing form. And there became this thing like, hey, Phil was a really good baseball player growing up. Like, maybe he could be a like, – he's, he's good enough. He could be a professional. And so he got some sort of, like, tryout <laughs> with a minor league team that got him on an actual mound. He put the full uniform on, got loose and all that. And I think he topped out at, like, 68 miles an hour on the gun. Like, I mean, was this the Padres? I mean, I know they – It might have been the Reds. Who knows? The Reds, like, like desperate remember, for bullpen help. Do you remember when Carp Brooks tried out for the Padres? Yes, he like he played in a spring training game. Yeah, he yeah. actually. I, I think I don't know if he went by Garth Brooks. He he had that alter ego Chris name, Gaines. Chris Gaines. Yeah, where he did dumbest like, thing of all time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you're telling me. When he was like trying to be like the like the emo dude, he's like, I'm like conformist. I'm hanging out Denny from Chris Gaines. It was so bad. I was so bad. And I can't. I, I keep. I can't remember if he actually did the the Padres under that name or under Garth Brooks' name. I feel like he made contact on one pitch, but was like oh, still over three with three strikeouts. I think he fouled one pitch off, and that was the big thing, which I'm I'm not going to judge. I haven't hit live, swung at live pitching in like 
damn near 15 years at this point. I, I don't mean, think yeah, it's been that long since I've even been to a batting cage. Probably. I probably haven't been. Yeah, I probably haven't hit off like a decent batting machine since the, about the same time frame. I the, can't imagine how bad I would I be. I think the last time we went to the batting cage was the one over by Toys R Us, which I emphasized how I'm still mad that it's gone. Yeah. Because um, I don't even know where there's other batting cages in, in Louisville anymore, to be honest with you. Now that one's gone. And I think the last time we went there was probably around maybe early 2000s. And, man, did my hands just – I mean, I left with just – my hands were destroyed. Oh, I can't even imagine. From the just the, the, the cuts and and, 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 sw- and, sw- and bruises on it from not wearing batting gloves, having not hit for God knows how many years before that. And now, you know, since, since then. I told you that I, I think I've – I think we've – Covered this ground before, but that batting cage that used to be back there by the Toys R Us, yeah, which I love too. I mean, but you also it? you have to remember, like you you, you, were, you didn't know if it was coming right down the middle or if it was coming at your head. You, you never knew, but that's what part. you were getting into. Like being in there, with Ricky Vaughn. But one of my buddies who I grew up playing with, um, Tyler Coon, ended up going to West Virginia. Was when he graduated the Big East all time hits leader. Like he was, he was a fantastic player. Wow. A year younger than me, but he. He bounced around. He got drafted by the White Sox. He bounced around the minors for a little bit, spent a couple of years in AAA, never got up to the, the bigs, unfortunately. But he was here back here in Louisville, and he always went to that cage when he was back in town because like, <laughs> he lived over by, by, by me and like would always just go up there. And he went up there, and one day, Ray Almeida was up there as well, who you know, kind of bounced up and down from the Reds to the Bats for a brief period of time, was famously um, like lifted up in a, in a benches-clearing brawl for, the I think, the Reds versus the Pirates one year. But, claim to fame. Like, he's up there. Like, so at that time, two professional baseball players are the only guys up there taking hacks at the, the Toys R Us batting cage. And he's like, he's like, yeah, me and Ray made it. We exchanged numbers. Like, we hit it off. Like, <laughs> I was like, this guy's got to be good. And I recognized him. But famous. I wonder why it closed. I know. I, when I, every time I drive past there now, if I'm going to – I get chicken wings from Whole Foods a lot. It's yeah. places right there, and you drive past it, and I, you see, still see like the little where it slopes in the uh, on the street where the the, the, you know, the balls yep. used to funnel in there, and it makes me sad every single time. Is there, is there another batting cage in Louisville? I, I think they're all like in the indoor facilities now, like <sighs> Champions, and there's another one. And yeah, I know it's all it went corporate. Batting cages went corporate. No, boo. come on, get out of here. Uh, before we went be to- outdoors, windy. You don't know. I want the machine. I don't want to know where I'm, the ball's going. I want. I want that. I, I, want, I, I want a concession stand with, with big league chew being sold. and I want it all, Jan. I, I want it all. The picket fences, the catch-up fights. Uh, <laughs> the the office. office. I know that I've asked you this before. We are at, if you're just joining the show, God love you. I, I, thank you for not joining it earlier because we're at the OG <laughs> Studios in Jeffersonville. Earlier might have been better. <laughs> we are at the OG Studios in Jeffersonville which I realized at 2.58 when I was at the normal studios in, on Taylorsville Road. Um, so I, we started late. I've had a tickle in my throat. I can't stop coughing. And I just it's been a disaster. So I had, to, I, throw, I had to throw it to break a second ago. I know I've asked you this before, this studio. And I know it's part radio studio, part actual residence. People live here. Yeah. But what was this originally? Because there's like cubbies out there. It reminds me of like a place where uh, I would uh, take my driver's test. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's like cubicles out there. It's it, part it, dentist's it, office, part radio station, no, part it was, house. It was it was a radio station from the beginning. It was just a. Why are there cubicles out there? Well, because that was where like salespeople were. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, yeah, that, that makes. Like you have you have you, you obviously you know when you come in you can see the front the desk, you know the, where the, sure, secre- the right. quote, secretary would be, and then we have our kitchen to the right, which you've seen, which has been comp- you know compensated by one of the, the patrons here. Yeah. 
into their own. And then, of course, the, the... there are so many cups of ranch in that fridge. Is there really? So many cups of ranch. <laughs> I don't know. I don't it's know. incredible. I don't know. Any, I've never met the guy. I just opened it up, just straight sauce. I like walked past him once in the hallway here, and oh. I was like, yeah, I, I don't know who he is. I was looking for a bottle of water, and I was like, oh my God. I've <laughs> never seen so many ranch cups in my entire life. This <laughs> this person's just living off of ranch. But, but yeah, so I mean, and yeah, the, then you have, of course, the, the, the closed door offices to your, to your left. Correct. I'm giving a description of those who have never been to this studio. But the cubbies are from, yeah, they're from like where I guess your interns would be or during the radio show days or, you know, salespeople and stuff like that. The reason I ask is because you had, had made it a point. You, I, I said, usually when I get to the, the, the normal studio, grab my water, grab a cup of coffee, try to get the, the energy up, try to mm-hmm. you know, get a little shot in the, the early afternoon to get going. And we came here and we didn't have, I didn't have the water, didn't have the coffee. And you were like, yeah, there's no coffee maker here. There is though. Oh, there is. When I was walking back in one of the little mini cubes. Oh, that's Dugan's. There's yes. like a loose coffee maker. Yes. With, and there's no way in hell I'm touching that thing. Like, like I didn't know. Like in the middle of like you know the, the row the of cubicles. Yeah, here. exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's just like in one of the the cubicles right smack in the middle. The one right in front of my my office actually. In the middle of nothingness, yeah. there's just a loose coffee maker. There's a spoon just sitting right out there on the desk. There's a small bag of coffee next to it, and I was for a split second I was like, do I dare? And then I was like, no way in hell. That is no. I'm not. <laughs> I don't know anything about this. I can't do it. I can't make it happen. I can confirm that is. Uh, I don't know how long that's been there, but that is uh, that's. Dugans. Okay, that makes me feel a little bit. Dugan, better. yeah, he would. Uh, yeah, he, he he. I don't know why he left it there. I guess he didn't want to put it in the kitchen with everyone. That I guess there wasn't enough room with all the ranch in there. But uh, he that's that's There's really not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not joking. <laughs> There's no room in that fridge. Yeah, or for freezer. some reason he like, puts it in that cubicle. Like Dugan has an office here, but he doesn't have it in his office. He puts it in there because in my office there's a TV with a VCR connected to it. So a lot of times, more often than not, he would hang out when he's here. He'd hang out in my office so he could watch like old like Magic Johnson, Larry Bird VHS tapes on the TV in my office. Or the TV in his is just like a flat screen TV with cable on it. If you can't tell, if we're not painting a vivid picture right now, <laughs> but this the answer to your question that you're all thinking is yes. Th- this studio is at the forefront of modern technology. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we got loose coffee makers everywhere. We got mics not working. We've got, uh, you know... Trevor with a TV slash VCR two in one in, yeah. in his in his quote unquote office. It's all happening here at Big X Studios. That's yeah, I got, I, I got a flat screen in here with me though. You got TV in there. You can watch the Masters. You know, I th- there's no control. I'll try to figure it out. Well, we have another break coming soon. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll mess with it. We'll try to figure it out. I need Cam Smith to get it going. They're gonna have like absurd wins apparently this afternoon. So all of the low scores for today have probably already been carded. Like, is that, like is that a good thing or bad thing? Well, it's a bad thing if you had an afternoon tea time or a late morning tea time. Doesn't a good win mean like you get a little more oomph on your drive? Not if it's blowing directly in your face. Not if it's blowing left to right. Well, that's true. Or yeah. right to left. Or basically anywhere <laughs> besides directly behind you. So apparently the wind is is wrecking havoc at um, Augusta. I did love. Speaking I, of wreaking havoc, you're ready for some breaking news. Yes. Are you ready for this? Yes. This is how you. This is what happens when you wreak havoc. Officially announced. Is this going to be a wrestling thing? No. Well, it could be. Okay. The Academy Awards has officially announced that Will Smith is now banned for the next 10 years from attending the Oscars. They just hit Will Smith with a show cause. A 10-year ten ten show, show cause. 10 years. He got Kevin Ollied. He's going to have to sue. He took all of them. I mean, I What's the what's the largest show cause that he's always handed out? Kevin Ollie, ten years. <laughs> Was it? Yeah, and then he sued and won. He's gonna have to do it. He's gonna have to do it. He's been now banned for ten years. Damn. 
Okay. That's good breaking news. I, I love that. people are angry about this. I mean, who does anybody really care? Well, the first angry to us is Roman Polanski's not banned, but Will Smith is. I mean, kind of a fair point. But I think Roman Polanski is technically is banned. I mean, because if he shows up at the Oscars, he's not getting like asked to leave. He's being thrown in jail. Fair, also a fair point. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I don't. I don't think they really require to ban him from the arena when he's technically banned from the country. <laughs> <laughs> very, very cool. All right, we have to take another break. Before we do, I love the angry people here. <laughs> everybody's asking me this everywhere I go. You know, DMs, if I step out of the house, people are screaming at me. They're like, hey, man, are there any more of those big X golf cards still available? Oh, I got to ask. Do you want to pull it up by one of the neighbor people here? You can't go anywhere yeah. without people clamoring for this. And the answer is yes, but there are very few. If you want to play some of the five, to be specific, five of the best courses in Southern Indiana for under $25 a round. That includes cart, includes a bucket of balls on the range before your round starts. You need to get the Big X golf card for the 2022 golf season. And the way to make that happen, there are two ways. Go to BigXSportsRadio.com. You'll see the Big X golf cards tab right at the top of the page. Click on that bad boy, and it'll take you there where you can purchase. Or, again, if you don't have the internet, don't love computers, don't have a smartphone, think this whole thing is just a fad, you're driving around right now, having your only sense of uh, only source of media which is traditional radio you can call us 812-725-1457 that's 812-725-1457 and you can buy one that way courses we're talking about we're talking chariot run we're yeah. talking old capital yeah. we're talking elk run yeah. we're talking valley view yeah. we're talking christmas lake Damn yeah. and we're talking all these courses for under $25 a round yeah, again supply is limited we are down to the nitty gritty here the last few big x golf cards are there so if you want one of these if you want to spend uh, you know the early part of your spring maybe early summer months playing some great courses for the smallest price imaginable Get that Big X golf card today. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to pretend that that hour didn't happen. We're going to start new. We'll get back into the Jalen Withers discussion. We'll talk about L. Ellis, something that he said that was very interesting today uh, on Twitter about his role for next season. And we'll talk uh, more hoops as well. It's the Mike Rutherford Show rolling on here on a Friday on 1450 and 96.1, the Big X. This is the way that I want to start out number two. Welcome in, Mike Rutherford Show. If you're just joining, you didn't get the first uh, first song break either. What was the What was the very first one going to be? Uh, was, it was Kenny Rogers, the greatest. Okay, yeah. I still like this more than that. Certainly more than Glory Days. This is the first hour of today's show. There was no There was no first hour. I certainly didn't go to the wrong studio. <laughs> And when I got in here and started talking, I certainly didn't have a coughing fit that forced me to throw to break early. None of those things happened. The mics definitely weren't broken. The TV's absolutely working in here. It's, TV doesn't work in here. You lied to me, Trevor. I'm going to be salty. I'm this, sure it works. I'm <laughs> salty as hell until 6 o'clock now. I was in a good mood today up until this. And now it's been ruined. My, my weekend's off to a terrible start. Disney on ice. You better step this thing up. Now, that's tonight or tomorrow? 
Uh, Sunday, actually. Sunday, okay. Originally, it was supposed to be Saturday. but What, what, what happened? Uh... Well, I thought it was Saturday, I guess. I, I said originally it was supposed to be. I just was I was. Well, you wrong. said the weekend, I think. It's I, the you, weekend. Yeah, yeah. It's the weekend. So it's on Sunday. So you so you got all, you still got tonight and tomorrow to like rela- relax. I mean, there's no relax. Unwind, because I mean you've you've been you've been busy with the whole you know. I have, but there's no like, you know the, the kids just don't go away. There's there's no like hey Friday's here let's get loose let's have a good time. It's the same bleep. I mean, with these two screaming children. But I mean, you got a little too loose and too too Fridayish on uh, a couple years ago, and that's what happens. I mean. <laughs> Come on. All right, let's start this hour. I, I, I talked about it. I never really got your thoughts, and we didn't get to the text line's thoughts about it. But the big announcement today, the big news in the world of Louisville sports, is that Jalen Withers has announced that he is returning yeah. uh, to Louisville at the start of the Kenny Payne era. Uh, I said that my understanding is that we're also going to get announcements this weekend, I believe, from both J.J. Trainer and Roosevelt Wheeler that they're going to stay as well. And after that, that'll be it. Like That That's will be it, yeah. all of the roster news from last year. And at the end of the day, like, no surprises, no real surprises. I mean, we I mean, had, we'd heard the number that it was going to be five. We didn't know if that was firm. And when it came down to it, the after we got the initial announcements of Curry and Ellis, which are the two guys that everybody pointed to and said, if I can pick two, those are the two that mm-hmm. I want to come back. We said, who do you want out of the remaining players? Wh- which three would you pick? And you and I had some combination of, I think, the four players that we're going to wind up getting. I think uh, we both said Withers. I believe we both said uh, Mike James. And then you said... Um, trainer. Trainer. And, and I you, said uh, Wheeler. Wheeler yeah. But I said I thought Trainer was going to come back. And it's, I think that that's going to be wind up we're getting. So, so when you look at it, we now know we have six players coming back from last year's team. I think we're going to find that out this weekend. I believe we're still going to have Kamari Lands coming in from the recruiting class. We had the other two kids decommit. That leaves us with six scholarships for next season. I think one of those winds up going to Devin Ree, the kid that everybody believes is going to wind up being Kenny Payne's first commitment. He's a 2022 kid, so he would come in and be eligible immediately for next season. So that leaves you with five spots. Looking at the roster and who we have and what roles they fill, I think the thing that, that really jumps out at you initially is point guard. Because... You don't think that there's a true point guard that we have coming back. you got to go out and find one. We've had some success with getting grad transfers or traditional transfers coming in and playing that role. I thought that until this, in the middle of the afternoon, because some other people were doing the same thing that we're doing right now, which is trying to lay out the roster and and positions of need. And I guess L. Ellis saw this talk about everybody saying, well, L's going to play the two, he's playing off the ball. And L. Ellis came out and said, like right out there, tweeted out, I am a point guard, not a shooting guard. Don't let last year fool you. Yeah. Your thoughts on that? Because he's not saying that if he, if that hasn't been communicated to him by Kenny Payne or someone else on the new staff. My thoughts are sometimes self-awareness is the hardest thing to realize. My thoughts are I like it if you're going to put in the necessary work for the next six months to yeah. get to the point where you are a true ACC point guard. I mean th- – you just can't like it's like Michael Scott just can't yell bankruptcy in, in, in Clayton. <laughs> I mean, you can't you can't just go on Twitter and be like, I'm I a point, am a point guard. I'm a point guard. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's not that simple. It's fun. I wish. I mean, I wish I. I that was the case. I'd walk outside. I'm a millionaire. I'm seven feet tall. Uh, you know, and I can do it. Doesn't make it true. That that's what I say to Ellis. That's, I, that's great. I, I understand you want to. 
possibly play the point guard position, but you're going to have to show it. I mean, because to this point, you've shown absolutely nothing that you can be a point guard at, at this level or any other level for that matter. I don't mean you're anything wrong. I'm not saying it sucks. Far. I'm just saying. I mean, he certainly did things last year in stretches. Being shorter and can dribble does not make you a point guard. No, but having the quickness that he has, having that first step that he has, and I think having the the finishing ability that he showed at times said to me that he could play that position. I, I think there's a lot of work that needs to go into this if if this is going to wind up being the case because, I mean, his biggest, I guess, weaknesses last year, if you want to call them that, sort of erratic play, making mistakes once he gained that advantage off the bounce, not knowing what to do, not you know, realizing that you can't, this isn't junior college. The ACC has a lot of high-quality rim protectors. You can't shoot mm-hmm. the ball through them. You also can't pass it through them. Um, I think L's decision-making needs to be improved dramatically. I think also, I mean, the best moments that we got from L. Ellis were kind of when he would get into the zone scoring-wise, and he would just go ISO and either take a contested 25-footer or you know get to the rim and score that way. Like that's that's great. Like it, it's awesome that you have that ability. But if you are trying to be a point guard who's playing thirty five minutes a night, like that can't be your that can't be your biggest strength is your ability to score in spurts. You have to be a distributor. You've got to be solid. You can't turn the ball over as much as he did last year. And then you have to be kind of a the scoring has to be second or third on your list of of primary attributes. Now, score first point guards have become more of a norm in college basketball than they were even as recently as 10, 15 years ago. But I think with L, you can be a, a score first point guard. You can't be a score only point guard, and that's sort of the what he would play last year when he did take assume that role. So I'm okay with it. I, I think he has the skills to potentially be a good point guard if a lot gets fixed on, gets worked on over the summer. But I'd still be. I think you and I are in agreement. We'd be more comfortable with him playing off the ball and more of a sort of solid presence at point. We need two ball handlers, is what I'm going to say, is, yeah. is what I'm going to get to. And I'm not 100% certain that L, at least as of right now, is that guy that you feel super confident with having the ball in his hands when you know the opposing team is going to full court press or, or trap or, or is searching for a turnover. Because last year we saw him, I mean, he just dribbled the ball off his feet a couple of times, <laughs> more than a few times last year, like like unprompted. Like that stuff's got to get fixed if he is going to be the guy at the point for this team next year. Oh, that's what it takes. I can be point guard. Yeah, I mean, it's, I've done that. Well, it's not part of the job. It's, that's one of the, the things that we're trying to eliminate here. But on the Withers front, the Withers, the, I know we talked about it when we were breaking down the roster and who he didn't want to come back. I kind of gave my spiel. I'm happy for him to come back because I think he has the potential is on has been on full display for the last couple of years at, at various times. He certainly was less consistent this past year than he was as a redshirt freshman um, two years ago. But I, if Kenny Payne is this developer of talent that we've been told he is, if the staff is going to be lights out like we hope it is, Jalen Withers is a guy you can work with. Jalen Withers is a guy who you should be able to mold into a high-level college basketball player. It just didn't happen the last two years, and that's, I think, an indictment on Chris Mack and his staff as much as anything else. So I'm happy to have him come back. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, and I think no harm done. But I'm I'm excited to see what the staff can do with a guy like Jaden Withers. Your thoughts, Trev? Yeah, I mean, because Withers is the one you mentioned a little bit before we had to take that impromptu break because of your your coughing. Was it? I mean, you weren't and you weren't the only ones. I mean, others can you know obviously was under underwhelmed with Withers did coming into the season because the expectations and glimpses that you got last year. 
that for this year made you think that you were going to get a, a full season like that little stretch you got against like Notre Dame, Syracuse, and Duke, the, like the one three game stretch you had that we played well in. Really, you were you were going to get that most of the year, and you didn't. And I mean, for whatever reasons there were, you you do know the potentials there, and despite. I agree. Ellis and Curry were probably obviously the two number one and two guys for most people. When you say, give me, you know, if you can only bring back one guy or two guy, you know, off this roster only, those were probably going to be picks for most people. But they're, that's because they have like the potential you thought Withers had going into this season. You hope to see it again next season from them. Like the glimpses that you saw from Withers the year before last going into this season and didn't get them, but you, they're still there, and you still saw some of them a little bit throughout this season, as I mentioned, that little stretch of games with Syracuse Notre Dame. I think it was Duke or whatever it was, where he had like the 20 and 17, and he had like a 14-point game. I, with, with a whole new coaching staff, a whole new outlook, and a fresh start, Withers is the is one guy that I think I, I am excited, because he would have been the one I could see going and leaving, and no disrespect like Dre Davis or Locke or anybody like that, but like, Withers would the one that I could see that would leave and go somewhere and play really well, and i just kick myself for him leaving. Like, I just don't – I mean, Davis will maybe do that in Purdue. Who, By the way, Davis, there was one of the surprise, it was probably Davis. Because I think we all kind of thought he was going to come, but we don't think anybody expected his brother to decommit, which probably caused his transferring. But Withers is – I'm excited to get Withers back because I'm still holding the hope of that potential that we have seen glimpses of now, not just last year, but this year as well. And, you know, I'm in the right system, right fit. I mean, it's still a guy that I think can be a 10 to 12, 13-point score on an average basis. See, I, I don't know if I heard you wrong, but did you, you said you, you didn't see him as a guy who could go somewhere else and, and light it up. No, he bit. did. That's, okay, that's I did. why, okay. yeah. I'm did. with you He was the one guy. I mean, I guess you'd same, say, you'd say about maybe Ellis or Curry a little bit. but like, And, and Locke could go somewhere and have like a spectacular year. I'm not really going to give two bleeps. Like, if Withers does it, does it, though, and I wouldn't have been surprised if he had, and he's the one I would expect the most to, to have success right away if he if he had left us, that would have bugged me. Because I would have been like, why didn't we get that out of him? We Same. knew it was there. Same. No, I'm right there with you. Because he, he is the guy that you feel like, and, and again, if you're a power conference coach who's looking for a rare advantage, like a 6'8 dude who can make some ridiculous shots, who can has the athleticism to finish strong around the rim, and who's shown a solid, I mean, some of his chase down blocks, like Jalen Withers' highlight tape, as limited as his stats have been, I was going to say the past two years, but certainly this past year where he averaged like five and a half points and, and four and a half rebounds, as limited as his stats have been, his highlight tape would be phenomenal. With, because every time he makes a like a play, it's something that you're like, that's a pro play. Like he will do things, especially in that Notre Dame game where he came alive, but against North Carolina a little bit this year, certainly against North Carolina two years ago, he was making shots and some making some defensive plays where you're like, this dude should be all ACC. Like, like this guy should be a big time performer, like right now at, at the college level. If he's able to do this, I, I can't believe that he's not more consistent. And I'm sure if you're, I don't know, I'm just you know Jim Laranegg at Miami, and you look at that highlight film, you're like, I can make this guy an all conference player if he's capable of doing these things that I'm watching right now. I don't care what the reasons were for him not being consistent and not making this an every night thing. We can get him there. Like, like we we can we can fix this because uh, he does things that you you can't teach. He has the type of talent. He gives you the type of advantage that you're desperate to have in college basketball. So I'm excited to keep him. I'm happy to have him back. I hope that that Kenny Payne can be that guy who gets the most possible out of him, even if it's just getting back to the level that he was as a redshirt freshman. I mean, again, he averaged double figures two years ago. 
We didn't have a single guy who averaged double figures this past season. It, none of it made any sense. I think you have to chalk it up to a little bit of him maybe not handling some adversity the right way. But you also have to say, I mean, the, the coaching staff deserves blame for that. If you have a guy who not only doesn't develop more from one season to the next, but regresses so dramatically, and it kind of happened with Sam Williamson as well, I think from his sophomore to his junior season, that has to be at least a little bit on the staff. So I'm, I'm excited to get uh, Jalen Withers back. I think the guys that we really wanted to have back and see what they could do under a different staff and different circumstances, we've got them back. Dre is, like you said, probably the one that you look at. Like, it's hey, the one know. surprise, yeah. And like I, I've heard the same thing that I think other people have heard, which is it was more on U of L's end than it was on the Davis brothers' end. Although both of them, Dre and Deontay, have have still left open the possibility of coming back to Louisville. I don't know if that was something that was communicated to them by Kenny Payne. Like if the conversation went something along the lines of, "We don't think that you guys are going to have the type of role here that you'd like to have at other programs," you know. Maybe I don't know. I I don't know how you tell somebody like maybe if we don't get the right level of transfers or commits, we'd love to have you back. Um, but it kind of sounds like it might be that type of situation. When that's the case, it's hard to see them coming back, being brought back into the fold, or coming back into the fold on their, their own accord. So I'm just kind of assuming that both Davis brothers are going somewhere else, which again puts us in a position where if you hold on to Kamari Lands and you bring in um, Devin Ree, you've got five scholarships left. And you can go out there and hopefully get some of the best transfers, maybe flip a 2022 commit or land one of the few players that's out there and still available. But we'll see. Um, Adam, your- Adam Kunkel, real quickly, was one of the names that had been tossed around a little bit because he was a Kentucky kid and had been productive at Xavier, for, you know, somewhat productive at Xavier the last couple of years. Uh, he announced today he's returning to Xavier for his final year of eligibility. So you, uh-huh. can, you can cross that one off the board. And I would expect that because Louisville, the amount of players that we have been – like on the list of that, that, that kids have reported saying Louisville's reached out is very small. I think it's only four total players right now. I would expect that number to increase dramatically once the full staff gets announced, which we're getting at least some of that on Monday, I believe. But they need to start like it, it's time to start making some moves here. We got to fill out this roster, and you don't want to be just getting the scraps. You don't, you don't want to be getting the afterthought. We said we had six spots. Did you include Mike James coming back? Is as, as yes. Part of, okay. We got six guys coming back. We've got. It sounds like well, I'm assuming Devin Reed's going to commit and come here. That would be two incoming freshmen with him and Lance. That would leave four spots. That would leave five spots. What about Lance? Kamari Lance is the other commit coming in. We got six scholarship players coming back, two freshmen coming in. That's eight. You get thirteen scholarships. So five spots, okay? Yeah. So five spots to work with. Hopefully, once again, math, live math on the Mike Rutherford show. Not hey, our, not hey, either of our strengths. Live math, taped math, recorded math in general. Not exactly the big thing. All right, what 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 is your boy over there at uh, at, at six eighty talking about on Twitter now? I'm assuming I I don't know what you're talking about. I'm assuming it's the same rumor that I heard. I wasn't going to bring it up first. Is it a football player? Yeah. Yes, I, I've heard the rumor that Tyler Harrell is uh, being. Chased after by Alabama. Yes, that is what, uh, yeah. And I don't like it. The tweet I'm seeing, yeah. It's been a rumor all day. Um, I've heard it. I I didn't know if there was stock. I wasn't going to address it unless, again, if the text line brings something up, I'll address it. But I can't give you any firm. Hey, we're we're honest on the show. I, I can't tell you one way or the other how true this is. But there's enough smoke out there that I think there's there's something there that Alabama's at least making an attempt to get Tyler Harrell down there. And I don't like that. I, I don't like this. I, I, I don't, don't like that at all. We need – I mean, if there's 
one position where we've lost the most unexpected talent in the last, you know, this offseason, it's wide receiver. I mean, we expected to have more of these guys. I mean, Jordan Watkins is, is the one that everybody's going to talk about because he was our you know, second leading, best receiver, basically yeah. our best receiver besides yeah. Marshawn Ford, who's not technically a receiver, last year as a freshman. And we expected him to be putting up big numbers for the next three years, and then boom, he's gone. And a couple of other guys leave. If you lose Tyler Harrell, who's now being viewed as the focal point receiver of this offense, yeah, he's looking at he's being the the new two two Atwell. You, I mean, you start getting a, a little bit concerned. It's you know, you, you get to the the third and fourth lines of last year's depth chart, and how good are these guys really? Can they step up and not just be serviceable ACC receivers, but really good receivers on an offense that needs really good receivers to make Malik Cunningham as good as he can possibly be? I mean, Harrell had a fantastic catch during that little spring showcase on a terrific throw by Malik Cunningham. And I was kind of like, this is what I, I want to see more of this fall. Like, let's let's get this guy going. Let's get him into the fold. He can be, like you said, the new Tutu Atwell. And if he's going to Alabama, that <laughs> pretty obviously puts a damp or a uh, clamp on those yeah. plans. So, yeah, I've, I've heard the rumor. Can't tell you how true it is, but it, it sounds like there's enough smoke around it that there's at least some legitimacy here. And hopefully he winds up saying thanks but no thanks to the, the Crimson Tide because that would suck. It would not be fun at all. Um, Texas isn't Alabama tampering if he is not in the portal. Yes. Yeah, I mean that's. Yeah, I mean there's no two ways and about we, it. And we can confirm he's not in the portal, right? We can confirm that as of right now, yeah. he's not in the portal. Here's a little inside baseball thing. Tampering's happening all over the place right now. <laughs> no. Tampering's happening all over the place. No. I did like the. I mean, if you want to kind of throw some some smoke on us in this regard, and it's different because it's not a player, but did you read the story um, about Nolan Smith that has been making its rounds the last 48 hours or so? Um, the guy who wrote it. it was, it's, a, it's a good feature. It's the first time Nolan has talked on the record about taking the job at Louisville, even though he's not officially being announced until Monday. But uh, Jerry Bembry's the writer. I'm not familiar with him. And he talks with Nolan, and Nolan says – you know, basically 15 years ago, I wasn't in a, I wasn't mentally strong enough to try to carry on my dad's legacy as a player at Louisville. 15 years later, at the age of 33, I feel like I'm in a place mentally where I am fully focused on carrying my dad's legacy on as a coach at the University of Louisville. And he says a lot of, of good things. But they talk about him leaving Duke and, and how much it, you know, is going to hurt the start of the John Shire era and, Smith says, he, I, I talked to Coach K about it. And he goes on to say, like, I didn't really think about making any sort of move until the discussions occurred after Duke's season ended. And I'm like, BS. We all heard the exact same thing in early February when it was being, it was becoming clear that Kenny Payne was going to end up getting this job. That Wait, wait he's saying he, he didn't even consider leaving Duke until after the North Carolina Final Four game? Which, yeah, would be, what, Sunday? <laughs> like five days ago. <laughs> Like that's that's that sounds worse because that means you just made a huge decision in the on a whim. Well, it's also just a lie. <laughs> well, like, of course. I, yeah. I guess you have to say this because, and I, I suppose the difference here is it wouldn't technically be tampering if Kenny Payne was talking to Nolan Smith about taking this job before Kenny himself actually had the U of L job. Like he's not a University of Louisville employee when these conversations are taking place. Now, if he was talking to him in the last three weeks or so. When he was the head coach, like there's, like that's out there. But just like this notion that nobody ever talks to anybody until their seasons are officially over. Like I, I had heard that 
Trey Lewis was going to come play for Louisville in like January of that year. Cleveland State had a full two months left in the game. Like he's he had a really good game against us in in late November, and Rick Pitino was like, "Hey, I'd, I'd like to have that kid next year if we can get him. We need some guards." And like there was an unspoken agreement, I think, in the middle of the season. But yeah. We didn't reach out to him until the season officially ended. I mean, it just it happens everywhere. But and didn't like three coaches and take new jobs like the, the second they were out of the before tournament. the buzzer was even done going off in the, in the arena. I mean, I mean Matt McMahon, they lost, and three hours later he was on everybody's shortlist for like seven different jobs, and then he signed with LSU the day after. I mean, and Todd Golden, the guy that he he beat. A, like the morning after, Todd Golden's the new head coach at Florida. Like yeah, twelve he was, hours he was after in Gainesville. Like yeah, he got on a plane like right after they lost. This happens, guys. This is uh, this is what happens. But hopefully, but it's different when I think you're talking about a player, especially a player who's just finishing up spring practice, about to wrap up his his spring semester. It's it, it would suck a lot if he went somewhere else. We need some wide receivers. Maybe we could just yeah. it's like just take some Bama kids. <laughs> just we'll trade you Harold for like three of your five star wide receivers. Maybe why, toss. Why are the they taking our wide receivers anyway? They did, I mean they only put like three of them every year in the first round of the NFL draft. Yeah. I mean, they've got two more going in this year's draft, probably, and Jamison, uh, Jamison Williams and uh, John Meshi. Just leave us alone. Just, just, just. Leave. Didn't you have enough in 2017, Bama? Like, didn't you do enough? Or 2018? You wrecked that season. They're still just holding a grudge from when we beat them in the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, Fiesta Bowl. You know, they'll never get over it. That's why Dabo hates us so much, too. He was on that team. Was he really? Yeah. He, he played at the end of the game because we were blowing him out so badly. He was a walk on. I didn't remember that. He got in. I think it was like the only game where he had a catch or one of two games where we he had a catch. We should think. He should love us then. You'd think, but he doesn't really. Instead, he just calls us the best two and six team in the history of college football after he beats us by 61. I mean, he kind of was not far off on that. That's an actual thing that happened. I know. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get back. People have sent in their thoughts on LL is playing the point as well as Jalen Withers returning. So we'll get to the Thornton's text line. If you've got thoughts on this or anything else, text us at 502-414-1450, and we'll read those texts coming up after the break. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on a Friday here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. I like it. I, get, I wish I didn't like the song as much as I do. I do. Why, why don't, wouldn't you like it? I feel like it's just kind of like a... Oh, Dire Straits. I love Dire Straits. Yeah. I love Strug Romeo. Like <laughs> Serenade with Juliet. I, the Romeo and Juliet, that's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's an underrated... I don't know if I would say underrated, but that's... Great Dire Straits song. It's a fantastic song. I still like. I always think of Empire Records when I hear it. Do you? I think of. I watched some weird. What was that? It's like a a fake cop movie, British comedy from the same people who did, um, uh, Shaun of the Dead. It's. I think it's called. Is it Hot Fuzz? I think. They use that song, and that's all I can think of with that song. But I don't like Eric Clapton. 
So I, the fact that I like Dire Straits so much rubs me the wrong way, but I can't help it. <laughs> what does Dire Straits and Eric Clapton have to do with each other? Yeah, he play, he helped out with her. He played on with Dire Straits. I mean, Eric Clapton plays with a lot of people. Still, he's, he's there's like a million. At some, at some point, Clapton, there's like a million videos of him doing Sultans of Swing. I mean, there's got, at some point, Eric Clapton's got to look back and go, maybe it was me. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> I mean, could, could I have been the problem this whole time? I mean, there's there's Derek and the Dominoes. There's there's, uh, there's the Yardbirds. There's uh, not granted a lot of birds that go through a lot of guitars. I think Clapton's very aware of the fact that it was him, I mean, and I think everybody's very aware of the fact <laughs> that it was him in all these cases. I also Brothers in Arms. One of the greatest TV episodes of all time is the season finale of season two of The West Wing. I think it's season two of The West Wing, and that song features prominently in it. I can't hear it without thinking about it, but it's a terrific song. You need to watch The West I Wing. I did notice uh, I want like my it. MTV by Dire Straits. I, I caught it on uh, the radio the other day, and I noticed it has been edited for politically correct reasons for today. Really? Yes. Okay. I'm assuming you know what I'm talking about. I do, but I think that's that's interesting. There's there the, the entire verse is it, cut out completely of the song. Like I was singing, I can understand why. Cuz I know the song and I'm sitting there singing along and uh you know check out that uh that boy with the Yeah. And that entire verse is just completely cut out and it's just like a guitar solo right there. I think it's strange. It was weird though cuz I'm like, wait a minute. There's something like the wind thing. That's I don't know if I'm okay with cutting that out. I think it's strange what is and isn't edited from songs from like even as recently as like 20 years ago on streaming services like Spotify. For instance, do you remember the song uh, Teenage Dirtbag by Weedus, classic? I do, yeah. I'm just a teenage. Mm. Like there are songs that still have like every Eminem song, like the, like the song where he fantasizes about murdering his his, his oh. ex-wife. Like well, some of, none of that's I- changed. <laughs> but the part in Teenage Dirtbag where he goes, her boyfriend's a D word, and then it says he brings a gun to school. Like they, that entire line is taken out. Really? And I, I mean, I, I get I guess it. Yes, Foster for the Kicks got moved off of radio completely. Too, I think then. like that one not changed on Spotify <laughs> though. Like I'm, I'm like, I just don't understand how you can pick and choose stuff like this. And like, then, then you go listen to Frankie Goes to Hollywood about relax, and that they are, that is on the nose what they're singing about, and that song's okay. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I just, I, I'm not, I just, I guess if it's on radio, I don't know. I just, I'm not a big component of of editing something. I, I get that in in hindsight now, it's not like, it's not sense, it's not politically sensitive, but I'm still not big on editing. So it makes me think of the movie and and thank you for smoking with William H. K. Macy's character, where he's, which is probably a great movie. If you haven't seen it, you need to watch it. Uh, but it's, you'd it's, like it. You'd like it. Have you seen the movie? I have seen. it. Okay, so you know the movie's good. It's been a while. Uh but he talks about you know like cutting out cigarettes out of like famous film scenes and like replacing it with a coffee mug, and replacing it with like you know just like yeah. a, a, and that's that's what I see when I think of just even cutting out lines. Yes, it's probably not obviously not something you, a line you should use today. But do you really need to cut it out? Like if it's a radio play, I get you doing a radio version, a new radio version. But this was like on like satellite radio I was listening to. I'm with you, and I, I think there. Are, I mean, movie scenes. I, I think people can look at things. And maybe I'm giving us too much credit as a species for being smarter than Probably we are. Probably are. Probably am. But I feel like we're evolved enough to look at a movie from 1940 and hear a line and say, oh, that's very problematic. But at the same time, we recognize that now. People weren't aware of that 80 years ago. We can we can move on and just recognize this as a, as a sign of the times. It doesn't have to be the biggest thing in the world. We can leave it in and say, yeah, this, this is... 
we can explain to our kids like, yes, that was seen as okay. Now we've, we've changed, we've gotten better. This is part of progress. We're trying to all become better human beings as time goes on. Hopefully the next generation will be even better. And 80 years later, we say, you can't say that in movies for good reason. And then we move on. We don't need to just cutting it out entirely. I, I think sort of like, it keeps us from learning those types of lessons. I mean, but that's just my thought on that. It's a minor version of going down the rabbit hole of the the statue argument and things like that. So I mean, yeah, that's. I think that's a little bit different. But we we absolutely do not need to open that Pandora's no, box. No, we're not. We're not. We're not. I love turning on. By the way, I mentioned I'd forgotten that we that we had this discussion a while back. But we turn on like the name of the street is what Magnolia Lane, right? Magnolia Avenue. Magnolia Avenue. So this is Masters Week, and you drive down Magnolia. I think it is Magnolia Lane. To get yes, to, you brought that up. Yeah, and you know, the, you know, sometimes golfers will put it on their Instagrams, and it's cool to see like the view that they see. You're driving down all these trees lining the road, the beautiful Augusta National Clubhouse in the distance, <laughs> it's and it's the here. exact same thing here, <laughs> in a very different way. When you turn onto Magnolia Boulevard, you see the Big X Studios in the distance, the big sign there, and. Uh, not necessarily the, <laughs> the the most aesthetically pleasing well, I li- I like things it. on both sides. Let, let's, not, let's let's start off from, uh, right at the beginning. When you turn left or right onto the street, directly across the street from us is just the, the pure definition of Sanford and Son. Like the the, the I mean, is it not? And there, there's a Chick Fil A like trailer truck broken back there. There's a lot of broken stuff. Yeah, there's a there's a Chick Fil A trailer there. Especially dreams. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm, if there was a fence, I'd be expecting to hear a uh, sick chopper, sick, sick him. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll stand oh, by me man. reference there. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, yes, you mentioned you come down. First thing you get on your left is the uh, the the power structure that the city's put is built there, the, the, which is always a great ice uh, ice sword to say the least. Uh, then you have two different houses, both with security fences, which gives you confidence and safety of where you're headed to <laughs> i do love the gigantic no trespassing sign right when you get to like just big x just putting the vibe out there right it the doesn't game. work like like this is a different area <laughs> you damn kids better stay away or we're gonna get don't we're gonna take your we need cats. to get a big fence around our like the compound when you first pull in on the right well i don't want this to look like that house is like huge it's got this giant fence it's like five feet from its front door if you notice i don't want i mean i don't want this to look like a place where we're secretly torturing <laughs> potential terrorists like that's it's not, not the vibe i want to be giving off here although this does look like a place where you could accomplish that if you really wanted to let's, let's be let's be honest somebody's probably been tortured here before somebody may have been murdered here before I honestly would put money on it i mean i've been tortured here on numerous occasions i kind of feel like i'm being tortured today yeah just sort of the, it's been the entire vibe of the day has, has been not great. Um, quick master's update. I Please, yes. I texted my friends that Tiger was done because he was like, he's doing his Armando Baycott routine where he's like grimacing and dropping clubs and oh my God, I'm so hurt. And then makes a miraculous comeback. And now they're all just giving me crap because he's, he's hit two really good shots in a row. But he is two over par. The cut line is at four over. So unless he has a terrible back nine, uh, he's probably safe to play in the weekend. We have, you mentioned, uh, three-way tie top the leaderboard right now. Charles, Charles Schwartzel, Sunjay M., and Scotty Scheffler, the number one player in the world, all tied at three under. My boy Cam Smith, my pick, struggling a little bit with the afternoon round. He's down now at, uh, what, God, three over for the round? Is Who's that number right? one overall player in the world? Uh, Scotty Scheffler. Okay. He's won, like, three tournaments already this year. It's, it's unreal. Uh, but Cam Smith, my pick, is three over on the front nine, down to one under for the tournament. That's 
not ideal. Let's get it together, Cam. Get the mullet working. Would have loved the early tea time. But that's your master's update. Not nearly as exciting as Chris Vernon's, but what are we going to do with this voice here? Let's go to the Thornton sure, sex. Let me do the master's update. Do you want to do the rap thing? Tony Fina. Where he be now? What would your line be? I think you'd just butcher it. Tony, what? what, what Have you never seen these clips? No. Chris Vernon's been doing this for years on his radio show where he does this, like, rap update of Augusta National. Because every radio show does the bland update that I just did with, hey, Tiger Woods is plus two, and the leaders are at minus three, and all this stuff. And Vernon does this, like, this big rap song with this beat where he's just like, Tony Fee now, where he be now? He's three under. And it's it's very entertaining. It's very good. And Trevor apparently does it's no no frame of reference for this. So I'm just sounding like an idiot. Scheffler is not the first time. Scheffler is in first place. He's a winning. Schwartzel comes in second, followed by M. A lot of times in songs, not just specifically rap, they rhyme their their lines. Well, you just just you're basically just saying what's happening there with. A slightly singing inflection. Barner isn't fourth. What a dork. HV3, baby. <laughs> it rhymes, baby. It rhymes. Harold Varner III never won a tournament, big on leading tournaments and then falling apart in the fourth, but he wears Jordan Spikes. You got to love that. Because <laughs> he's wears Jordan Spikes. Okay. <laughs> uh, Texture says 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line. Uh, Texture wants an update on your stolen cat, by the way, since I just made a reference to it. Oh, Wara. Wara's Wara. doing good. Yeah, Wara's awesome. Uh, the only problem with Wara right now is that for some reason, unst to my knowledge, unst, unst to my knowledge, <laughs> he, ha- he has a thing about going in my bedroom and peeing on my bed. Problematic. That has been somewhat of an issue. Seems like something that needs to be addressed. Uh, so I've had to keep my bedroom door closed. And when I'm when I'm home, I, I don't my I'll, I'll have it open because I, I don't I can I keep an eye on it and I can see. Him. But yeah, that's just going to generalize the other problem is that like when he starts to walk, I see him going towards my bedroom door. Any, any other cat in the house goes towards my bedroom door, I just have to give him a look and they run off because they know like I don't like him. Like I could, like I have no problem like grabbing him by the neck and throwing him out the house. That seems extreme. And it's <laughs> a little over the top. So like, but Wara like Wara's the only one that knows that he doesn't fear me. Like I can't strike fear just by looking at him, which which bothers me. Because then I have to actually like get up and do something. Because he's seen some stuff. Because he knows he grew he, up in the hard knock life of Jeffersonville. He grew up on these streets. Yeah, he he ran <laughs> the these, mean streets of Magnolia Lane. He, he, he ran these streets where I come from. No, no one that nobody gives a gives a bleep about him. Uh, <laughs> so like, and, and he knows I have kind of a soft side because I brought him in to begin with. So like now, like he, I see him going towards the door, and I'll give him that, like, like Wara, and I'll look at him. He'll just look at me and be like, "I mean, I swear, I think he just said f you." Do you think this is maybe and a I've sign got, that like, he didn't want to be stolen? That he wants to come no, back he here? Likes, he, I mean, he's he, an Indiana cat. No, no, because well, no, that's no, there's no such thing. No one wants to be back in Indiana, like on purpose. Like the, I think he Jim could, neighbors. <laughs> he like say Jim neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, you used to always sing back home again in Indiana. I didn't think I'd have to walk you through that one. I didn't think I'd gonna get a Gomer Powell reference. Back in, home in, again. quarter till five on a Friday. Well, he used to always sing back home in Indiana before the Indy Five Hundred. <laughs> Common knowledge. They also drink milk too. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's also common knowledge. Just throwing that fact out there while we're addressing this. So he's he's doing well. He's eating. He's chilling. He's he's using the doggy door, going in and out, kind of hanging out. But I just need to get over the fact he has some reason he has a, a session with wanting to pee on my bed. Yeah, that has to be fixed. Definitely. Bed peeing is an issue. Yeah, I mean, he's going to pee in the bed. It's me. Okay, well. <laughs> okay. Uh <laughs> Texture says Mike and Trevor what? work in a Dexter murder room. We kind of do. Well, you have the lights on in there. I I very much feel like I'm in a room where I could be laid out and, and cut up here. You got a Sandlot poster. Yeah. It helps slightly. <laughs> it's, got a, it's got a sticker of a, of a happy face with a tongue sticking out. The fact, and God love Dugan, because the last time we talked about this, he came in here and actually like fixed it himself a little bit. And I see that we're right back to where we were before, which is we have a lighting system in this room that has six light bulbs. One of them works. Which sets up the perfectly, like, most creepy situation possible in here. And it absolutely, this, this round table feels like somebody could be sprawled out on some plastic and just chopped up. There's no doubt about that. That table was here when we, when we moved in. Probably because people got killed on it. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Tix says, uh, nice. There are things in this place that have been here since the 70s. Like, and I, I told you, oh, you never got the blue jacket treatment, did you? I have no idea what that means, so no. Oh, yeah, you got it, yeah. I remember last time, first time we came here, TJ got on me about not giving you the uh, the blue jacket. You got you got to do, you didn't. You got to explain, I, I still don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. You're going to have to tell me what this means. Do it at break. Top of the hour break, you'll see. Well, that's great, that's great radio. Listeners well, they, have no idea what you're talking so about. They have to tune back in at top of the hour to okay. figure, find right. out what it was. Right. Text says, nice Randy Newman a master's update, Trev. That's a great reference. Randy Newman just <laughs> sings stuff that's going on. Doesn't have to rhyme. <laughs> Red-headed lady. Eating an apple. Hey there, Rover. Come on <laughs> over. Scheffler is up and first. He's at minus four. Text says, it looks like it will be good. It looks like we will be good in the power forward and center position. What position do we need to hit the most in the transfer portal? Any names being rumored around? I mean, we need just talent. We need. We need. We just need talent. Do, I, we we are not at the point of. I don't care. And yes, I get you. Go. We got Withers back. Blah, 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 blah. I don't care. We you, beggars cannot be choosers. You need to get we, five spots open. You guys are the five best players you can get, no matter what position. We need scores. Let's that's, be straightforward. That's true. We need guards. We need people who can put the ball in the basket because. As much as it, like, it's a positive to get the guys back from last year's team that we wanted to get back, but we're getting six players back from a team that was maybe the worst team in the history of Louisville basketball, at least in the modern era. They won 13 games last year. And they also, like, I mean, and one of the guys that we're not getting back is the leading scorer from that team. And I know Noah Locke did most of his damage early in the season, but, like, we're not getting productive players who just weren't being used properly. We're getting guys who just struggled. Like, like whether they were whether it's the coaching or not, they didn't have no none of these six players had great seasons. It wasn't like they were keeping us afloat. They were the reason why we won these 13 games and everybody else just let us down. Everybody struggled in their, their own right. Yep. Now now Sidney Curry certainly came on late and was great offensively down the stretch, but defensively he's got a long way to go. And we've talked about that on this show. You can't just you can't just see all the post moves and, and get excited about that and then ignore the fact that on the other end of the floor, every team we played late in the season was isolating Sidney Curry and going directly at him and saying, if Curry's guarding you, you're going up and you're setting the high ball screen and we're trying to get a mismatch with him guarding because he doesn't seem to know what he's doing. Like, that's got to be improved upon. L. Ellis, we talked about the flashes of greatness that he had. 
I think he also let his offense dictate how hard he played defensively sometimes. That's got to go away. And Withers, inconsistency on full display. Mike James, we got no idea what we're getting with him. Trainer, we didn't see a whole lot of him this past year. He was a bit inconsistent when he played as a freshman. And then Roosevelt Wheeler, I think we just saw brief glimpses of him. You've got those six guys coming back. And then a freshman in Kamari Lance, who I do think could step up and be, I mean, I don't want to say big-time scorer, but could be one of your top three scorers next year if he looks as good as, as I think he does. He could potentially be a starter if he has the type of summer that you hope he does. Devin Ree, I think, has a little bit longer to go. I think he's more of a work in progress. And then that's five spots where you say, if you don't land at least three really good players in those five scholarships that you have available – what are we using to believe that next season is going to be not just better than this past year, but markedly better than this past year? If we're all hoping that this team goes to the NCAA tournament, assuming that we're eligible for the NCAA tournament, you need significant upgrades with these last five spots. You need guys that are better than the players that you're bringing back from last season because the players that we had last season, simply put, weren't good enough. Do I expect some of these guys to be better because they've got, hopefully, better coaching and no inconsistency with who their head coach is no you know going from Chris Mack to Mike Begeese and back to Chris Mack and back to Mike Begeese and dealing with all the off the court stuff yeah I hope that some of these guys have better seasons because of that but are like are we really looking at any one of these six players and saying they're going to go from okay player on a bad Louisville team that finished 11th in the ACC to like one of the better players in all of college basketball it'd be great but I think we're dreaming a little bit here. So you've got to, like, we got to hit it out of the park in the transfer portal or get one of these 2022 kids that is currently committed to a very high-profile program to flip to us and come in here and light it up. And I think the issue that you're faced with right now when, it, when you're Kenny Payne is you can't guarantee to any of these kids that you're going to be eligible for next year's NCAA tournament. You can't. We don't have our hearing with the IRP until June. Hope I, I, I would... I'd love to say that they're going to have some sense of what their punishment is going to be after that hearing, but I think that that's not going to be the case. Nobody knows exactly how the hell this is going to play out with anybody. And we're probably not going to hear from the the IARP when it comes to the punishment that we're going to get until early October, based on the timeline of the NC State case. And you're not adding players to your roster in October. Your roster is going to be set midsummer. And that's late. I mean, it's probably going to be said earlier in the summer. So if you're a transfer, and I, I mean, maybe you can find a transfer who just wants to come play for Kenny Payne and wants to play for Louisville in the ACC and you know play nationally televised games and doesn't care that much about the NCAA tournament. Maybe you can convince somebody with an NIL deal to come here and play, even if you can't guarantee that they're going to be able to partake in March Madness. But for the most part, the best players who are going to be in the transfer portal, whether they're up transfers or guys who are transferring from one Power 5 team to another Power 5 team, they want to play in the NCAA tournament. That's going to be part of the reason why they make the move that they do. NIL stuff helps. Saying you can improve their draft stock and their visibility, that helps. But March Madness and being a part of that is going to be on almost everybody's list. And that's going to make his job very tough for this first offseason. Now, I think you can... You can recruit basically without limitations when it comes to 2023 but that doesn't help us for next season and you can't I mean Kenny Payne's not gonna lie to these kids if he can't guarantee that we're going to be in the clear for March Madness he can't say that 
Now he can't. What he can say is, NC State had more serious violations being levied against them than we did. They got off without a postseason ban, and in the process, one of the members of the IARP who made the ruling, who made that decision, said explicitly, "We're trying to not punish players and people who had nothing to do with the transgressions that took place." And that sentiment was echoed by Mark Emmert a month later. So they're actively saying right now, we don't want to punish people who had nothing to do with the wrongdoings that we're trying to, to regulate here. That says to me, we have a shot. Maybe, maybe you can even say if you're trying to recruit, it's more likely than not that we're going to be eligible for the NCAA tournament in 2023. But you can't guarantee it. I hope that Kenny Payne like, like uses that to his advantage. I hope Kenny Payne says, you know, we're reading the tea leaves. We think we're going to be eligible for the tournament next year, even if maybe that's not entirely true. I would say that if you're trying to get kids and be the best team you can possibly be for next year. But he can't say beyond the shadow of a doubt with 100% certainty that we're going to be free and in the clear to play in March Madness in 2023. And when that's the case, it's probably going to cost you at least a couple of kids who would have otherwise you know, giving you more of a, a realistic shot. And it's why, like, don't get me wrong. I know, Trevor, you've been of this belief. I know, I know there's a lot of people out there that are like, we should be a top 25 team right off the bat. We should be back in the NCAA tournament right off the bat. And I'd, I would love nothing more than if we were. I think it's possible. I wouldn't say I believe it to be, be true, was going to happen. I think it's, it's definitely possible to have a, a good turnaround quickly, though. It is under normal circumstances. I think we all have to just... And if he if he's going out there while this is happening, like in, in the months ahead and maybe even during the season next year, if he's landing 2023 20, kids that are five-star prospects and he's making inroads with some of the best players from 2024, like that's going to help alleviate any on-the-court struggles early on. But I hope that people aren't going to flip out if we don't have the type of roster next season that is way, way, way better than what we had last year. I think it's going to be better. I think just because the the improvement that you would expect from the guys coming back, I think Kamari Lands holding on to him is a big deal because I think he could be really, really good in college. But if we're not like light years better than what we were last year, I hope people don't freak out and say Kenny Payne was a mistake because I, I think that's unfair to him because he's hopefully not going to be in the position that he is in for these next few months ever again in his coaching tenure. He should be able to recruit without restraints once this is all done. And even if it is, like let's say the worst thing happens. And the, the NCAA goes back on all this. We don't want to punish kids who had nothing to do with this. And they hit us with a multi-year postseason ban, two years. At least you know, right? At least you can work with that. At, at least you can say to a 2023 five-star kid, we may not play in the NCAA tournament, but you can come here and score 25 points a game. We can make you an, an NBA top five pick. You're going to still play games against Duke and Carolina that are nationally televised. You're still going to get a whole lot of love from this area. Oh, and by the way, we can get you paid. We, we can get you some top-tier NIL deals if you come here and help be a part of the start of something good here. And if it's not the case, then you can recruit accordingly. If you can't get those kids because you got a multi-year... Like, we just need to know what's going to happen. And it's the long and short of it now. It's been the long and short of it for GD five years, four years at this point. It's ridiculous. Um, I didn't realize we were so close to 5 o'clock. We've got uh, Texas. How can we be banned for next tournament? But Patino and Iona be eligible. Doesn't seem right. Well, Iona would be punished. Patino. Iona would not be punished. I think Rick Patino at the end of the day is probably going to get something. He will, because they're trying to hold people. I don't think Iona is really worried about it either. 
Because that, I mean, if you're looking, again, if we're looking at the NC State case's precedent, which is the only precedent that we have to point to with the IRP, because <laughs> they, who knows what they've been doing for the last four years, but they've made one ruling since then. They did not hit NC State with significant punishments. They did, I think, take two scholarships away and put them on probation and gave them some fines. But they did hit Mark Godfrey with a multi-year show cause. I think that that's what you have to expect moving forward. If they're going to, like, like they may not. Yeah, but you know, it's a multi-year. I don't know. I don't think he gets a multi. I think he gets. I don't even know if he gets a full year. To be honest with you, he I might. Think but the 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 weird thing is, he probably of the head coaches who are involved here. We're talking Will Wade. We're talking Sean Miller. We're talking Bill Self. We're talking Mark Gottfried. He probably is the most likely to not get drilled by the NCAA, which sounds weird because he's seen kind of as like the to the general public as like the face of this whole thing, right? Multi scandals. Yeah. You know, embarrassing scandals. He's also the most popular, uh, well, or the 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 big, the more well known face and name of all. I'd of say so. Too, so. But he also is the only guy that all of these people who got caught up in federal court said the same thing about, which is he's got no idea what the hell's going on here. Like self is very involved. Sean Miller is very involved. Will Wade is straight up talking about this to anybody who's willing to listen on tape. <laughs> but Patino is the one guy that T.J. Gasnola and Christian Dawkins and all these other people that got caught up in this are like he's in the dark about all this stuff happening. And while that's good for him... It's still not, it's not good, really. It's part of the, it, yeah. like, it's part of the problem. Exactly. But, but it's good for him in terms of not getting drilled by the NCAA with a multi-year show cause. I think he could potentially still get one year because they can say, you know, it's the executive rule. Even if you didn't know about it, even if you weren't an active participant, it but happened under your watch. Really, yeah. Like You have to get punished in some way, shape, or form. But we'll see. But yeah, as far as like Iona getting hit, I don't think that that's like they're not going to get anything because they had nothing to do with this. They just they hired the man. Let's take a break. When we come back, Thornton's text line 502-414-1450. We'll take more of your texts. We'll talk more about uh, we haven't even really gotten into opening night last night. Reds being the best team in baseball history. I was wrong. I predicted a 6-1 loss. Brandon Jury's going to be MVP. I'm feeling good about that. We'll talk about that, and we'll get back into the Jalen Withers L. Ellis roster discussion for next season. And also, while, we're, while we've been on air, Jeff Wall's got to commit. We'll talk about that coming up after the break as well. Five o'clock hours up next here on the Mike Rutherford Show. Hope your weekend's off to a fantastic start. Keep it locked here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. With the Sultans, Still a good song. Still bangs. Sir, what's, wrong, what's wrong with center field? What do you mean? There's nothing wrong with center field. Okay, you acted as if you're like you're, you're like you're, it's like we should be thankful that you're giving it permission of being a good song. Like it's still okay. I said it still bangs. Okay. It never not bangs. Just like Joey Votto. No. <laughs> now let me ask you this because I, I meant to bring this up when it was playing at the start of the last hour, but I forgot. When you hear right field. Which is the song you played start at four o'clock? Four o'clock, yeah, yeah. What do you think of? Are you because true '90s kids know exactly what I'm talking about? They've heard it, they thought it, 
and now they're glad that I'm bringing it up. I play right field. It's important to know. You got to know how to catch. You got to know how to throw. That's why I play in right field. Way out where the dandelions grow. First of all, someone who played a mix of right field and first base always thought it was insulting that the right field was considered where he put the, the non-talented people. Then in hindsight, I look back and go, now I get it. You know how you, you always change that up, though? Right field's where the strongest arm goes. Well, and when you get to the majors, you mean? Doesn't matter. Don't don't let – if you're a kid out there, <laughs> to our nine-year-old listenership, first of all, what are you doing? Get your parents in line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're an 11-year-old listening to the show. Well, this kid's going to have a lot of questions from mom and dad to do the show probably. And they're sticking you in right field and you feel like it's might it might be because you can't catch a fly ball or field a ground ball or haven't made contact in your three years of playing baseball. None of those are the reasons why. It's because you got the biggest arm on the team. That's right. Play that up. Left field is where you had players in Major League Baseball, isn't it? Depends. Or I guess it's an or DH now more so. I think it's still right field. It's still right field. <laughs> more times than not. What is, what what am I supposed to think of in, as a '90s kid when I hear right field? I don't I don't know. My mind doesn't go anywhere right away. If you had the VHS of the original Teenage Mutant, Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, there was a like little. Remember they used to have like little like vignettes, like small. Shows or vi- or movies like mini movies before they showed the actual movies on tape. Sometimes I guess yeah. They had like a Pizza Hut thing where it was that song and like a video of some kid playing right field where he catches the ball when he's not looking. Like and you had to watch it before you that, watched Ninja that Turtles. That was on TV in general, I believe. I was it? Right. Yeah. I just remember it was always on every time we watched Ninja Turtles, which was a million times. Like when I was seven or eight years old, that was always on there, and I, mean, I can't hear that song without thinking about it. I mean, I went and saw that movie in theaters, so. I did too. When Raphael said damn in the first five minutes, every kid was like, oh my God, this is the real deal now. We're in the big leagues now. We're basically adults. Should we start smoking? We're at movies where they're saying damn. This is, this is incredible. Yeah, this, this is it. Are you I'm, watching the video this now? This is the actual video, yeah. Are you aware that it's playing over the radio? The oh, yeah. I'm not aware it's on the radio. No, Two really? on the batter. Some runners are on. I remember everything about this. I can oh, yeah. see it in my head right now. Looking at me, my mind is a wondering what could what it be. What happened to that kid? He became Joey Votto. <laughs> and a baseball falls into my glove. I play right field. This is literally from the Mutant in terms of PHS what it says in the title. I, I'm telling you. Yeah. Text line, back me up. Every 90s kid, true 90s kids, remember this. As a proud sponsor of Little League there Baseball, it is. Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut. I told you. Are we allowed to play this? Who cares? Oh, it's great. We like Pizza Hut. It was wonderful. It was so good. You pizza Hut did have, did have kind of a... They were kind of the, the Mac Daddies of the 90s kids commercials, right? I mean, you had that and you had, uh, don't forget, uh, the Land Before Time stuff. The Land Before Time stuff? I had one of those like yeah. toys all the time. Also, the Final Four basketballs. Basketballs, yes. I had one. I God, think Pizza Hut did it right. I have. I still have the one from 1990. I have the one from it's Denver, faded. whichever one that is. That was that was 90. It was 90? Okay. That's how I remember because it, it has the Rocky Mountain exactly. in the background. Yeah. Because somebody brought up all the old, and I loved doing this. I think it was Mark Titus brought up all the different Final Four logos since 1980. Oh, man. I and can't. you get in the 90s, I'm like, oh, my God, I forgot all about these. But I remember the ones from the early 90s. Just because of the pizza, and yep. Stuff. And I, I was like, my favorite of all time because I it was the the one ball that I actually got was the the Denver one, 
And so that still is my favorite Final Four logo of all time. That's how I remember it was always in Denver because of that the the, the Rocky Mountain in the background. And I mean, I guess I kid you not, I still have it. It's very very faded. Don't get me wrong. But I know I I even know where it is. It's, I know the closet is it is in my den. I mean, Pizza Hut. They had the uh, Book It. They had oh but yeah. I they mean, had I mean they had video games in their restaurant. You sat down. They brought you your pizza. It now, was incredible. It was, this was luxury. This it was the height of luxury. It wasn't Gaddyland level, but you had the all you. You didn't need it. You just had all you needed was that that sit down Pac Man game. Exactly. I mean that that was. I mean that was just all you needed. And then if you ordered, you were going to get an incredible present. And you got the cool red cups, the plastic cups that you could even take home with you that Pizza Hut gave out for. I mean, kid, who didn't? What kid didn't love the red cup? I was all about the deep dish. What kid doesn't have? What kid, who? If you grew, if you were born in the eighties and grew up in the late eighties and early nineties, if you didn't have the Pizza Hut red cup in your kitchen, then you're just too fancy to ever be my friend. Uh, text line's blowing up. I had three of them. Pizza commercial before TMNT movie. That's what they said. Yeah. Text says, 90s kid from the South End, played baseball, and everyone I know played. Don't know the song. Wish I did, though, because it was incredible. What are you doing? Well, how yeah, you know right field? What's wrong with these PRP Butler kids? Did Valley Sports not have right field? Did you not watch the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles song? By the way, Josh, Josh Donaldson, walk off in his first game as the Yankee. The Yankees won? Yep, walk off. Got Shout to out to my guy Dylan Lawson. Love yeah. ya. Champions, best St. Matthews Little League team of all time. Holy Trinity, Trinity together. They had to go extra innings, so we had ghost ghost runners. <sighs> I know. Well, now I don't. Now I take back my congratulations, Dylan. <laughs> you're a hack. You should have won in regulation. <laughs> if you were a true hitting coach, would have won without these bush league rules. But you got to do it with Josh Johnson. Awesome. Former Blue Jay. Takes it along with uh, the dam in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I always thought I was a cool ten year old singing, "We're gonna beat the hell out of you." Yeah, like th- that was another thing that was big. <laughs> God, that was so good. Jake says, my copy of TMNT did not have that before the movie. My childhood feels cheated. Well, you should. You had a terrible childhood. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't know if I don't remember if I had TMNT on VHS or not. I wore it out. I had the book. I had everything. I was all about it. See, I just I don't yeah. Casey Jones. Terrible character in hindsight. Loved him at the time. I mean, the movie itself was, yeah. I mean, I I I, I don't know. I just have to go back and rewatch it. It's been a while since I've seen it. I'm assuming it stands up a little bit. Like, I'm assuming the opposite. I'll be honest. With I, I you. mean, there's, but no, it can't. Like, I've watched, like, I've gone back and watched some, like, 80s movies that we know were nostalgic. Wow. Well, I meant that. <laughs> we hear about it every day. I mean, <laughs> 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 that, other than just for my own, like, personal pleasure, like, just to see if they hold up. And sometimes they don't. But I don't know. I would wonder if TMTT, because I've watched, do you still, how many of the, like, the other ones did you go see? Like, did you go see any of the CGI ones or anything like I that? I saw Secret of the Ooze for sure. I see. I didn't see the sequel live action. I think those are the two that I I really like. Got That's into. the one where they go to like the sam. They have like the samurais, right? Right. You had Bebop and Rocksteady, yeah. and then uh, Super Shredder. Yeah. Yeah, it was incredible. I actually went to the because I went to the one that was was like all CGI back in was like 2005. I think it came yeah, out. I I, I I pretend like that wasn't happening. I went. I was in Bowling Green at the time, and I went to the theater, and I'm. There's only like one theater like in Bowling Green, really. I guess there's maybe multiple, but there's like one major one's like on Scottsville Road. And it was like a Tuesday night. I went to the movie. I was like, I'm going to go see this movie. And I'm sitting in there. I'm like the only one in the entire theater. Like, it, like I get there a little early. So there's, have you ever been the only person in the entire theater for a movie? No. It's weird. I've only been to a movie by myself once. I'll go to a movie by myself all the time. But the, so I'm sitting there and like right, like a 30 seconds before the trailer is about to start. Like someone walk, randomly walks in. And initially I'm like, damn it. I was going to smoke while I was in here. Because I was like, there's no one else in here. Why the hell not, right? You know? 
Well, it turned out to be a, a slightly cool young lady who oh, also was boy. just by herself walking randomly to watch TMNT on a Tuesday night. It's your penthouse forum. I'm like, so I was like, hey, you know, it's not to be real. Like, want to come and hang out? Like, we're literally the only two in this place. And uh, we hung out and watched the movie and went and actually hung out a little bit over. Uh, I lived across the street up from the theaters in Phil Park Building. hung out a little bit that night. Whoa. So that was that's my best memory of TMT, the uh, CGI. Secret of the Ooze, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm impressed. Uh, you wouldn't be if you saw her. I, I don't care. Like, <laughs> still, like, I definitely, like, at that time in my life. I mean, keep in mind, we're talking about two individuals going to see a Teenage Mutant Ninja cartoon movie by themselves in the theaters. I mean, still. Yeah. I don't think I would have had the stones to do it. To, to say, oh, come on. Yeah, you would. In You're that the only one in there. I still would. I, I would have been like, I want to watch the movie. I, I, I don't. No, she probably just wants to watch the movie. Oh, well, she did, and she said no. I'd have been like, cool. I'll, you know, peace out. Uh, Texas right too. By the way, the secret of the news is Taka and Renzar. Uh, Bebop and Rocksteady are from the cartoon. Total, well, just faux pas on my. Well, but I thought Bebop and Rocksteady did show up in the live action. The not in that one. Oh, okay, okay. Um, the other they thing, were from the cartoon, though, obviously. Yes. The other thing that the text line is is been blowing up about is you. <laughs> what did I say? The I almost ran. Texture goes. I almost ran off the road laughing at unst to my knowledge. <laughs> what did I say wrong? Trevor speak unst adjective unst to Mike. The radio show's airing location was located at an abandoned <laughs> suburban office. Texture says unst to my knowledge is getting work to an email next week. What is what, what did I say wrong? What did I screw up? Well, it's not a word. Are you sure? Are you were you trying to, to say unbeknownst? What sort of version? You, are you <laughs> just abbreviating things now? Unst to my knowledge. I'm like Kevin in the office. Less were me more talk. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he wasn't that an office scary today? Yeah. He got out words. <laughs> oh Lord. Uh, if you're just joining us, we've talked about uh, Jalen Withers announcing that he's coming back. My presumption that we're going to get similar announcements from J.J. Trainer and Roosevelt Wheeler over the weekend, and then we're going to hear on Monday about Nolan Smith being officially added as associate head coach. I feel like we are cramming them in a little bit too much. I mean, we got Withers today. Yeah, let's we, spread this thing out. we got a whole spring to get to. Yeah, things. I mean, do we really need – I mean, I get Trainer and Wheeler maybe not as big in names, but do we need to, they need to like push them together on one weekend? I mean, can't we let like, one of them have Sunday – Give JJ next week. Give, yeah, give him Wednesday. Give them both next week. You know what? We give the weekend off. We can have Nolan on Monday. Then we'll announce JJ on like Tuesday or Wednesday, and then Thursday, Friday, we'll get you, you can get Wheeler, and then or vice versa. Either one. Uh, texter also says five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton's text line. Um, you mentioned Wara, the stolen cat from these studios over in Jeffersonville, <laughs> stolen, Indiana. Stolen, adopted, stolen has been peeing in your bed. Which leads me to believe that he wants to come back to Indiana. He's he's feeling out of place. He's sending you a clear message, but a texter does say that he's just peeing in the bed because the yard is full of dog poop. <laughs> Which, if you're new to the show, Trevor famously does not pick up his dog's poop and just has just feces all over his his bed. It's not just no. just crap literally everywhere. Can't take a step anywhere without stepping in dog crap. <laughs> not not true at all. The lawn guy came today and did some lawn work, so the the, the backyard has been trimmed up. Poor and, and bastard. That poor, <laughs> poor bastard. He's just got dog bleep all over his shoes. It's not that Everywhere. Never, those shoes are ruined. He had to throw them out right when he left your house. <laughs> My yard's not as bad as you think. It's, it's I mean, yeah. I took a picture. I showed it to you. Texture says, this is a good question. 
Well, you don't play golf, so maybe you're going to have to like think of a something else to put in there. Okay. But Texas says, who are four people in sports media that you'd want to play a round of golf with? Mine would be Chris Vernon, Mark Titus, John Drostremski, and you. Oh, thank you. I don't know if that was to you or me. I'm guessing me. Probably me. Probably you. Um, War of the Cat. I mean, <laughs> I guess since I don't golf, mine would be like the four people in sports media I'd want to like hang out and watch like some cool movies with on a Saturday night. Yeah. That's, I mean, we all know what... <laughs> What? <laughs> we all know what the <laughs> what the activity is that's being that's I, in this. Scenario. I feel like I'd be like like it's like if I think she should known better when he asked her to come over and watch Netflix and chill. She knew what was happening. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> who would you want to hang out with and watch movies on a Saturday night? Well, with? Bill Walton's probably going to be one. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, um, makes sense. The tracks. I'll be honest with you. After he shows up, I really don't give a bleep. Who just you up. and Bill Wall. Yeah. Any, anybody, any other three people want to just ran, first three to show up? Maybe not Gus Johnson because he might be a little too excitable for me at the time. I bet Gus would mellow out. I think quickly. I can mellow out. Yeah. I'd love. I actually would want to see like mellowed out Gus because you never get to see that. I'm going to say Jimmy Jackson only because I was a big fan of him as a kid, and this is, seems like an excuse to be able to meet him, even though I don't think he's a great announcer. <laughs> His so his. Uh, I'm gonna do the same thing with Reggie Miller then. <laughs> That's the case. So it's Reggie, Jimmy Jackson, Bill Walton, and Trevor hanging out. It was Jimmy Jackson whose son played for Wisconsin recently. That right? is correct. Yes. So my best friend who lives in Dallas works for AT and T now. Travion, I think his name was or exactly something like that. Yeah. So my best friend who lives in Dallas worked with. This is hard to explain. Like basically, I, I know you're AT and T guy down there. Yeah, yeah. He, he like the, like the guy he worked like closely with, with. Like they had offices next to each other, t- talked every day. Yeah, was married to like Jimmy Jackson's, I guess, ex wife or ex girlfriend or whoever was Travion's dad. Okay, so he basically was like the stepdad to this kid and was like always not talking Tony about Braxton. Him. No, not Tony Braxton. Was like always talking about him and, and all this stuff, and then whoever like realized like, oh my god, like like the kid's dad is Jimmy Jackson. Like this is kind of. I was, a, weird a, I was a big Jimmy Jackson fan as a kid. That was one of the reasons why I was like Ohio State, especially as a younger younger I'm, child. I'm trying to think of who mine would be. My four media sports media <laughs> golf. Group. I, I just use this excuse to hang out with two people I wanted to meet. Yeah, I mean that's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of what yeah. I am. Um, they may not be the coolest in the situation, but you know what? I don't care. I'd probably say Bill Raftery. He'd get drunk and just be awesome. Not Billy Packer. Hell no. <laughs> Sean McDonough, I think he's awesome. I love him. Um, man, Kenny Smith, I like a lot. Ooh, Barkley'd be a good one too. I just want to hang out at the TNT. I think about show. Kenny Smith and Barkley together. Yeah, that's rounding out my foursome. Ooh, do I send who do I send home? I can't send Bill home. Oh. Man, I might just send Jimmy home because Reggie might trump might trump and bring in. Sorry, Jimmy. Yeah, I'm You're sorry, out. Jimmy. I, I love done. you. I do. You're done. I mean, it's not the first time you've been traded. You, you, you played for 12 teams, so I'm sure this should be a norm for you. Yeah. I mean, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Double oh, deuce, 22. Jimmy Jackson, baby. Um, Texture five one two four one four fourteen fifty. Texture says uh, that needed to be said. Cardination needs to be humbled a little bit. Um. I don't no, but what did we get humbled on? I forgot. I got lost track of what we were talking about. I think he was talking about when I was saying, like, don't be shocked if next year's roster isn't, like, lights out, can't miss, top 25. Oh, well, And it's yeah. not necessarily indicative of. But you're going to, I mean. D- d- I just worry, yeah. and I, I said this before he even got hired, that, like, we're, you know, this whole, now every time a kid becomes available, every time there's a recruit out there, like, we're just like, oh, we can go get him now. I think that that's 
on the table for moving forward whenever we get God, I hate to use the same cliches over for like six years, but whenever we get out from underneath this cloud, whenever the NCAA <laughs> stuff goes away, or whenever it just becomes apparent what it actually is, I think then you can start getting disappointed if Kenny Payne's not going out there and getting kids and getting all these these players that we've been dreaming about ever since he was hired. But for right now, like there are real easily explainable reasons why you might not be able to go out and get the best grad transfer available, or you might not be able to go out and get a kid like Sky Clark, who last night did in fact uh, wind up committing to Illinois. If all things were equal right now, I think we would have had a really good shot with Sky Clark. I, I think he, he went to Illinois not just because Andre Corbello was moving on, but because he knows they're going to be in the NCAA tournament next year. He can go there, play a bunch of minutes, play for the NCAA tournament, hopefully try to win a national title and then go off to the NBA. They can make that guarantee we can't. And I think that's as simple as it is. And should you be competitive even with those being the circumstances? Sure. Like I, I, I would expect like, it'll be a disappointment if we're not better than we were last year. I think that's safe to say. Well, yeah. Is it not? <laughs> but you can see why. Like I, I think if we it's have – the bar too high, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> like let's say we're eligible for the NCAA tournament next year, but we don't find out until October. So we've already – like it's already affected our roster for next season and we end up not being a team that's top 25 good and we end up not going to the NCAA tournament. I hope people aren't just like jumping into the Ohio or, or jumping off the Kenny Payne bandwagon because I don't think that that's going to be fair. And I say this as somebody who was, I think, less optimistic about the hiring of Kenny Payne than most UofL fans. I just hope that people give him time because these first eight months, I don't think are going to be indicative of what he's capable of moving forward from a recruiting standpoint, just because of the unique circumstances. If he's still not getting it done a year from now, and I say still not getting it done as if we've had, we're still so early in the stages. Nobody should be freaking out about, players not falling over themselves to commit here and not getting all these transfers just yet. We're still just like working our own roster out from last season. But if we aren't getting players a year from now and there's no NCAA cloud to point to or no NCAA uncertainty to point to is for the reason, then yeah, we can talk about this a little bit more critically. But I just hope that if things don't go fantastically right out of the gate, that people freak out. They and will. I was gonna say. I say that. Like, like, yeah, like what I am mean, I? What am I? What am I saying? Like, we're all gonna freak out. Hi, welcome to the world of sports. <laughs> nice to meet you, Mister Rutherford. I know. I, you, you're completely right. I'm glad this is your first day in sports radio. Shut up. That's why you were late. <laughs> <laughs> Texas said, "Sorry if you've mentioned this, but can you guys give an insight on the top three or four portal players that Louisville would like to get?" Thank you. I couldn't tell you one guy in the portal right now. I I paid. No attention to who was in the portal outside of what Louisville players are in the portal. There are, I mean, th- there's some good names in the portal, but we haven't reached out to the, I think, the the biggest and best guys that are out there, at least as of yet. Um, I, I think that, I, and I could be wrong about this, and again, maybe we are reaching out to kids and it's just not getting reported. You don't know, like sometimes, like we hadn't even been on who, Charles Minlin from San Francisco a couple years ago. We weren't on his list ever. Like he, he had narrowed his list to like six semifinalists, and then he had three finalists. And then when he committed, it was to us who hadn't even been mentioned as a potential suitor. So sometimes these things just kind of come out of left field. I forgot about him. But I believe, yeah, unfortunately, we never really got to see him at see, full strength. He was hurt played, the whole year. Yeah. The only, I think that there are only three players that Louisville has quote unquote officially reached out to that have been reported. It's Luis Rodriguez, the forward from Ole Miss, uh, Sam uh, Yimide from Memphis, who never even played there, and then Dante Allen from Kentucky. 
the other the, the fourth name that I think is on everybody's list or that we've been talking about has been Bryce Hopkins because we assume that Louisville might want to get involved with a kid that was committed to UofL for a lengthy period of time before ultimately signing with Kentucky. Maybe that's a, a wrong assumption, but we'll see. But like other guys that are out there that we might have a chance, I've got no idea because we're not hearing that, that Kenny Payne's reaching out to some of these kids or that he's interested in some of these kids or that some of these kids are interested in Louisville. We just haven't heard that. It's been kind of all quiet at this point. Maybe that changes when we get the staff announced. We'll have to find out. Texture says, just an idea for summer filler. I was made aware of a game named Hurdle that Trevor can do. It's Wordle for music. I think you're aware of that, aren't you? I think huh? you've seen that. The game Hurdle, it's, it's like Wordle, but for music. No, cool. I think you'd like it. Is there one for sports, too? I don't know. There's like Quartal. There's all sorts of new ones now. There's probably a sports one somewhere. Texture says, uh, did we not have great recruiting classes with Patino because he wouldn't get involved in all those strong-ass offers? I think that there was some... If you want to look at the most insightful thing that's come out of all this, from a Louisville perspective, over the last four years, it's not the the court proceedings, the, the transcripts of the, the court proceedings from the federal cases. It's not the NCAA notice of allegations. I don't even think it's Patino's like, own statements himself. It's the Washington Post story about the recruitment of Romeo Langford. Because in that, like Patino talks about texting with David Padgett and texting with, with his assistants. And whether he knew what he was doing or not, he gives away the fact that he knew that Adidas was doing stuff like this because he talks about him, him reaching out to some people at Adidas and saying, with Romeo Langford, I know that there's interest from Indiana. I know there's interest from UCLA. I'm not saying we want your help. I'm just saying don't hurt us. Like, don't actively work against us. So Patino kind of knew that Adidas was working with schools to get particular players. And I think he also, he had to have known that Nike was working. I mean, he went on that whole rant about shoe companies like in 2011, which was a huge deal. Like, he knew this was going on. But I don't, and maybe this is naive of me. I'm sure rival fans listening are rolling their eyes. Like, I don't think Patino used Gasnola and these Adidas guys who have all said, like, we didn't really have a relationship with Rick Patino the same way that Bill Self was using them, the same way that Sean Miller was using certain guys on the other side of the fence, the same way that <laughs> definitely that LSU was using all these guys because there's no evidence to suggest that he was. I think, and, and this is part of the problem, I think Patino wanted to be as hands-off in recruiting as he could possibly be. And that was always kind of the word, was when the season ended, Rick wanted to go to Miami. He wanted to stay in his houses down there. He wanted to hang out with his family that lives there. He wanted to go to Gulfstream. He wanted to play golf. He wanted to do a little bit of traveling. He did not want to go recruit. And he would do the bare minimum when it came to recruiting. He wanted to be the closer. He wanted his assistants to go out there and evaluate talent, get the kid locked down, and then Patino would show up for an in-home visit, and his presence would be enough to get the kid to sign on the dotted line. And so he didn't want to know what was going on with all this stuff. And I think that, you know, again, on one hand, you can say, that means he deserves less of a punishment than a guy like Sean Miller or a guy like Bill Self, who we know was an active participant in all this. But on the other hand, it's part of the reason why Louisville got caught up in two pretty bad scandals that have torpedoed the program for the last eight years. If he was more involved in recruiting, if he was more involved in this stuff was going on, if he was more hands-on, then you don't hire, first of all, you don't hire Jordan Fair. Second of all, you probably don't hire Kenny Johnson and you don't get in trouble. 
So, yeah, I think that to answer the Texas question, I think that's, that probably was part of the issue. Uh, Texas says Reed Detmer's getting the start tonight for the Angels. Awesome that he's second in the rotation. Yeah, he. I know he – he got some starts last year, too, I believe. He did. He started towards the end of the last year. It was kind of feast yeah. or famine. Like, when he looked good, he looked really good, but he also got lit up a little bit, as, as rookie pitchers tend to do. Joe Adele had a, Jordan Adele had a little rough time last night. If I'm, it looked like did Twitter he? was giving him some crap for an error, I guess he had. He's, yeah, he's got to get the – the defense has to get sorted out. No more home runs off your glove slash head. Let's not, let's not do the Conseco right field. <laughs> but Reed Detmers and – like the baseball nerd to analyze every little thing. Like they were falling over themselves last year about his like spin rate and the the amount of whatever the, on, on breaking balls. Like all of them basically said all, all the people who do this for a living were like he's got the stuff to be a fantastic big league pitcher for a long time. He just is getting his fastball taken deep way too often because that's what happens with with rookie pitchers a lot of the time. But yeah, it's very cool that in his you know second season, first full season, he's he's the number two man in the rotation. So, so let me get this straight. What's the difference between Hurdle and Wordle? Hurdle's all music. We uh, mean it's like they're all words or music related? I think I, I've never played. It's H U R D L E, right? It's like a musical. I, it's something about intros. Like you listen to, you listen to like the intro of a song, and then you start. I, I don't know. You can find this out on your own time. Well, I was just doing it just now, and I couldn't. I didn't have the volume. Well, why don't we? Why don't we do sports radio for the next half hour, and then you have the entire weekend to yourself to, to figure out how hurdle works. Someone jingled keys in front of me. And my 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 attention I know, is I'm, I'm, completely gone. I need you to lock back in here. We're uh, we're almost done. We've uh, almost finished the week. Are you sure? We're nearly in the clear. Because I wasn't listening to a word you were just talking about. <laughs> I know you were. That's why I had to keep talking. You go. We go. Damn it. What did I do to get stuck with this in my radio world? You are being <laughs> every time you make a reference to Bowling Green, people who actually lived in Bowling Green for longer than you have get very upset at you. Why? What did I Texture say? says, Jesus, Trevor knows nothing about BG. They built a new nice theater in like 2000 that's actually closer to, to WKU than the old one at the mall on Scottsville Road that he just referenced. Okay, I'm sure they have a newer one. Okay, I said there's probably a second theater. You weren't exactly a pillar of the community during your time at WKU is what it sounds but like. But don't deny the fact that I don't know what I'm talking about. I know where the theater is in Scotts, on Scottsville Road next to the mall. Yeah, I lived right across the street by Southern Lanes. Okay, but the point is you said it, you thought it was the only theater in Bloomington. Well, I said there, there, I know there's another theater, but it was, a, it was a popular one. It's like, you know, on Scottsville Road is like their Shelbyville Road. It's a pretty popular road. You're drowning here. You're no, sin- I, th- I think you're thinking. Pe- I think these people are just oversensitive. I am, I am a BG expert. <laughs> I love these these. Two- I am. They come to me, Triple A, when they're like, "We need to do something about like places to stop at in Bowling Green." They're like, "Let's call Trevor." They call me. Okay, I'm the one. I can tell you where the White Castles and Crystals are. I can tell you where the movie theaters are. I know where Southern Lanes is. I know where the Corvette factory is. I know where to hang out. I know. I'm Bowling Green, baby, through and through. Everything about what you said on the show seems to indicate otherwise, that you didn't exactly have your finger on the pulse of BG during your time at WKU. Suck it. (laughs) I love these two texts back-to-back. This text came in at 516. This is peak Friday dead period. The very next text. This is my favorite episode in a while. I'm laughing all over the place. I love you guys. <laughs> Something for everybody and nothing for other people. Pretty much. Uh, text says, heard Trevor, not hurdle, play on words. Yeah, it's hurdle, H-E-A-R-D. Oh. Did you Google hurdle? Like, like the, yeah, that's what I asked you. H-U-R-D-L-E is what I had. 
H-E-R-D. Oh, okay. I, I was doing H-U-R. Yeah, that explains some of the pictures on the on the screen. Texas Salty Mike, how about we do sports radio for the next half hour? You're right. Let's, today, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll you wrap want, up the you show. Want a, you want a Masters update? No. We'll wrap up the show with actual oh. sports radio talk. Got That's going to happen. Got a rap going. Stop. Stop. <laughs> sports radio coming up after the break. It's the Friday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show and 1450 The Big X. No fun. Well, Mr. Burns had done it. The power plant had won it. I love that you ended with this. I mean, well, first of all, you know the team, right? The baseball songs. Yes. Yeah. And is there any better baseball song than this? It's the best. Taking conscious on the ballroom top. We're talking softball. Yeah. From Maine to San Diego, talking softball. Mattingly and Canseco. Ken Griffey's grotesquely swollen jaw. Steve Saxton is running with the law. We're talking Homer, Ozzy and the Straw. I think it was one of like the first songs that I downloaded on Napster. When I got Napster in like, in like 1998. This like, was, I mean, this is one of the Simpsons I watched probably. Same. It's still the greatest Simpsons, I don't care. I'm with you. It's probably my favorite. I can't imagine, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the long. point that I can, I have them all. I mean, I can tell you every character what happened to him. Yeah, we've, I think we've had this discussion yeah. before. Mattingly shaved off his sideburns and got thrown off the team. Cause, cause, and yeah, here you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sax is spending life in prison for all the unsolved mysteries in New York. I love some people like would watch this and be like, Mike Solskjaer, the manager? Like, this, <laughs> he's still a catcher. <laughs> Two of these guys are now MLB managers. Or have been at some point, so and Mattingly. What's your? It's amazing. We have your Jays are kicking off the season tonight. Yes, you o'clock. wore your Jay stuff yesterday. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, well, I meant to grab the Jay shirt. I've got another Jay shirt. I just didn't. I grabbed the wrong shirt. In the way Jays Rangers seven oh seven tonight. Yep, Jose Barreos suspended. This has to be the most exciting season that you've like, like preseason excitement in a long, long time. Oh yeah. Uh, well, two thousand sixteen, just recently with the. Uh, we had the we had the out of nowhere run with uh, that led to the uh, ALCS losing to the Royals and then that offseason, despite you know the moves made during that year bringing in you know uh, David Price and Tula Whiskey is it is that how you pronounce it the shortstop from Colorado yeah. yeah who was a bust for us but uh, yeah we brought those guys in like the trade deadline made the big push and we lost the ALCS in six like so that the next season like I had a lot of hope and of course we lose the we lose to the Indians and then ALCS again but. Uh, but that, but this, that year, before that season, 1993, that's how long it had been since I had any excitement going into a season. Are you ready for a Reds Blue Jays World Series? I mean, we'll after be, last I night. mean, we'll be there if you're if we're just waiting on you. I mean, I thought we were going to get smoked. Tyler Malley instead strikes out, what, I think seven over five innings. Um, Brandon, I, didn't, I didn't know Azuna was playing. Brandon Drury, former Blue Jay for three years. RBI single to start the scoring. Was he three a runs? He played from 2018 to 2020 with the, with the Jays. I don't know. 
easily forgettable. Uh, was not yeah. expecting him to be the guy who stepped up last night, but three-run home run. It was wonderful. And now we get uh, Reaver San Martin on the on the mound tonight against, uh, I think, Charlie Morton for the Braves. Charlie Morton, he's like 60. Are you thinking of Charlie Huff? Maybe. I, I think of Charlie Morton. I think of the, I just picture the guy in uh, – in, in in major leagues, Sedana next to Charlie Vaughn in the locker room, like, what is that crap on your chest? He's like, little Vaseline, you know. And we don't know all the stuff you got, young young man. So, I mean, he probably is at that stage of his career. He's I mean, old. Like, I say he's old. He's probably like my age or slightly younger. Like that. That's now athletes. It feels so weird to be like he's thirty seven. Get him. Get his old ass out of here. He's getting time to get into coaching. I'm like, oh yeah, that's the same age I am. Um, but he's yeah. I mean, he's he's been he's been doing it for a long time. Had a good year last year. I'm sure he'll. He's 38 years old. God, 38. I mean, that's like 50 in baseball, though. If you're older than me, then you're too old to be playing pro sports. I mean, that's what I'll say. I'm that's assuming the cutoff. he's a lefty, right? He's got to be a lefty. Is Charlie Morton a lefty? I, I think he's a righty. I mean, I thought you had to be. I'm pretty sure I he's a righty. I thought you only could be like staying this long in the league if you were like a lefty. Pretty sure he's a right-handed pitcher. He was 14 and 6. I knew he had a good year last year. I told year. you he's good last year. I know. I remember. Uh, Texas, Ozzy in the straw. Gives me chills. Love it. I'm tell- it's a, I, I do love it. I can't. I can't hear that song enough. Every time it comes on, I'm going to listen. Poor Ozzy Smith. He's the one that fell down the uh, the bottomless pit and he's taking the pictures of things. Oh, it's, a, it's a great episode. Oh, it's awesome. Poor Daryl. Daryl. Kids, quit doing that. Oh, he just runs right off his back, huh, Mom? They're used to it. They're pro athletes. He's in there crying in the outfield. <laughs> Texture says 502 414 Trevor's house is where COVID 23 is going to start. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be something all new coming out of that house. Putting the asbestos and uh, other chemicals around. And, yeah, I mean, who knows what will come out of that house. Texas said, did Trevor compare the Hansons to the Dudley boys? You you did not watch Slapshot last night. I, for, the, for what it's You made worth, an effort. I did. Did you make an effort? No, because you texted me and I realized you weren't going to watch Slapshot. So you had to figure it out. After I got out of here, Sean Moss started texting me and he's trying to bully me into watching Beverly Hills Cop as well. You need to be bullied. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. But It's on Showtime. Then you text. Well, I don't, I don't think we get Showtime. I'll, I'll, I could I'll, be wrong. I'll give you my Showtime login. Okay. The problem with for it's you, though, because I looked it up. You texted me and you're like, Slapshot's not on any of the streaming services I have. And you refuse because you have one of your rules, your hardline rules is you won't rent movies because you feel like you, if it's not one of the streaming, you've paid too much for streaming services. If it's an older movie, like I'll rent something new, maybe like just been new release. Like what's the, the licorice pizza movie that's just yeah, came out? Like I've, I've considered maybe renting that because I've heard good things about it. It's like four bucks to rent Slapshot. It's, <laughs> it's a lifetime of entertainment. You can rent it on YouTube. <laughs> you can rent it on Amazon Prime. You can rent it. It is through. on Amazon Prime for rent. It yeah. is. Four bucks. You can do this. You give me four dollars. I'll give you four. I, I, I will give you four dollars to watch Slapshot. That's how much I want you to watch this movie. And how much I money. think you would enjoy it. I always, I always, I will Venmo you. I, There's no way you're on Venmo, right? I'm on Venmo. I will Venmo you four dollars when we leave here. Tonight. I like how you are, are shocked. I'm on Venmo. I'm very surprised you're on Venmo. You have a reason to be shocked. The only reason I'm on it was because like three years ago, TJ made me get on it. Because I, I think it was for something like a bracket pool or something we were like doing and. I was like, he's like, spend me the money. I'm like, what's a Venmo? And he's like, dude, he's like you're not allowed in the, the, the pool anymore if you don't get if you don't get Venmo. I'm like, <laughs> I'm being banned. <laughs> so I had to get Venmo. Now he's all time. Oh man, I love Venmo. Texas, did you ever meet TMNT at Universal Studios? True test of a '90s kid. I didn't. I've never been to Universal Studios. I don't think. Yeah, you know, the one, I, I used to go. That's one in Florida, right? Yeah. 
It wasn't just just going to show age. It wasn't even built yet. The last time I was at you know when I last time I went to Disney World or Disneyland, whichever. I only went once, and it was like ninety three. I want to say ninety four. I think it was like ten years old. Universal was well, that was late nineties. But I don't think we, but we didn't go. Okay, we went. We went to Disney World. We went to Epcot. See, I don't even think Epcot was even. Around. I mean, I guess it was maybe. Epcot like, was cool. I liked it. Like I, we, I went there and like my aunt took me because she was a stewardess, so we she, she took me down there. And this was before she had her own kids, so I was like, I was a spoiled like only child. My mom had me, and then. Like all her brothers and sisters who are married don't have kids yet, so they're like using me as the only child. <laughs> so I'm like being passed around like a spoiled doobie over here, which I had no problem with because again, she didn't have her first kid till I was like nine, so I was very spoiled up till then. And she was, uh, she took, she took me down to Disney again. It's Disney World in Florida. Yes, Disneyland's in California. Okay, I was, I've never been to Disneyland. I've never. Uh, so we, I went to Disney World twice. But both times it was at a young enough age. Like I vaguely, I don't even actually remember going. The only thing I remember is the Smurf ice cream. Like <laughs> I don't because it was blue and it was awesome, and I and I love the Smurfs. So like if that tells you anything, like parents like want to take their kids to like Disney World when they're like four or five years old. I know. Don't. I know. It's a waste of money. You're doing it just for your own peace of mind to make you feel like a better parent, and it's not. It's it's just a stupid thing to do. Text once again, parenting tips from the childless Trevor Kelsey. Hey. I, a constant theme of the show. For what it's worth, though, I mean, my age, I mean, I had friends that were having kids when we were still in high school, and I was around there with them, helping them out. I told you even one of them, the youngest, who's now turning 20, I've been through this already. I may not have my own, but I've been there. I've seen these. I've seen this this rodeo. I know how it plays out. I did get. I got significant pushback from a friend last night who, te- who listened to the show and texted me, like, I guess he was listening to the podcast, like 730. And... One of the texts near the end of the show was talking about how, like, Mike, what type of dad do you think Trevor would be? Yeah. And I said, I think Trevor would be a great dad. I'd be old school probably a little bit, but yeah. And one of my buddies was like, I listen to the show every day. There's no way Trevor's going to be a good dad. (laughs) He's like, he sleeps until until one. And I was like, well, some lifestyle changes would have to be made. There would be. But you tell me what teenager wouldn't love the fact that I give them the freedom I do as a parent. Okay, but here's the deal. You can't fast forward right to like the being the cool dad when they're 14. I've dealt with the 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 under three and four year old stuff. I've been there. I've, I've, I've changed diapers. I've had to sit through the cartoons. You might have to do slightly less drugs. That's going to be part of the thing as well. Oh no, that's the that's the bad part is you the, the drug stuff doesn't have to be cut out until they get old enough to realize what it is. Then you just have to make up more excuses. I'm going to have to disagree with you a that's little the, bit. That's the beauty about newborns. Like up until like four, five, and six, you can still smoke all you want. I mean, they don't know they don't know what it is. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't disagree with the last part of your statement that they don't know what it is. Which is the reason why you don't have to hide it. You, you don't I be, think your logic is a bit flawed. You don't have to be secretive about it. I'm now doubting my answer from yesterday <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I mean, <laughs> I'm starting to get a bit concerned. I mean, I'm not going to light one up in front of like my nine year old because then they're going to go on, you know, and say something to maybe their teacher. But I'll be more secretive then. But like up until like seven or eight, there's no reason to bother. Yeah, it's a kid. Just tell him it's a cigarette. My my concern <laughs> isn't necessarily your kids finding out what you're doing. It's you, it's you being in a state that, shall I say, keeps you from parenting at an optimum level. Oh, I disagree. Who's who's to argue that that me, me being on it isn't optimal level? 
being able to retain movie trivia and music trivia when you're in an altered state better than you can when you're sober is not the same as being able to parent yeah, but at if, a very but high if, level. But if you spend 95% of your awake time in an optimal state, then that is your optimal state. Well, we've got th- – there are offshoot topics now <laughs> for a lot of this. Like I'll take par- – if you have a question, a parenting question, I'm more than willing to help you out. I know you are. I know you are. I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> Even if you don't take my advice, which is just give the kid Benadryl. Tiger says, can I get an update <laughs> from Trevor on how assistant coach Kylo Fentanyl is playing at the Masters? Oh, God, Fentanyl. Boy, he is smoking. Let me tell you. <laughs> just, just not too much because he's about to explode. Uh, Indiana Larry texts in. This is about the LLs discussion. I think, I think it's a good question. Indiana Larry sometimes brings seriousness to the show. but yeah, He tries. He tries. He tries. He says, can you just make somebody a point guard? I think either you are or you aren't. I think that that's true with— I mean, it's kind of like what I said. You just can't claim it, and you are it. I mean— I think it's more manageable. I think it's more doable than— Like with shooters, I think you either are an elite shooter or you aren't. You can make a, you can make an average shooter a good shooter. I don't think you can make a good shooter an elite shooter. I think you're just you're kind of just born with that skill set. Yeah, the only time I can think of of where someone be just I mean drastically improved their shooting is Jason Kidd. I mean, here's a guy who the, came into the league and the entire time was he is the most complete player except he can't shoot the ball, and ended his career as basically just a spot shooter for the Mavericks. Yeah, but I, I still would never think of Jason Kidd as like an elite knockdown outside shooter. No, but he is like in the tanky. When you're tired, he's in the top five, like three years made. Was he really? Yeah, he's up there. Wow, that's a, it's mind blowing. I agree, but yeah, he's he's up there. Yeah, His that's percentage is decent. I I think that the only exception, no other, there's no other time I can think of anyone yeah. else, and that's Jason Kidd, who was probably you know to a, to a, to a degree at one point maybe the best point guard of his generation. Like I agree with Indiana Larry's overall point. If we're talking about turning L. Ellis from a guy who the past year, like watching him play, you would I think I think everybody who you know knows the, the slightest thing about basketball would look at L. Ellis and say he's better off the ball than he is on it with but, that roster and with yeah. what he was doing and how he was playing. He, he was better at the two last year. I think that you can make him into a serviceable point guard, a guy who can win you games in the ACC and make you competitive and, and potentially if you have the right pieces around him a top 25 team next year. But I don't think you can take a guy like L. Ellis and turn him into, say, like Peyton Siva. Like, that's just not – it's not going to be his game. Like, you have to have been playing the point for a long period of time. You have to have those innate, sense, innate senses that just, like, elite point guards have as far as having a feel for the game and knowing when to get the ball in the shooter's hands and what position to do it and yeah. all that stuff. You don't have to have the assist numbers, but – to me, because I mean, that's, I don't think that's an indicative of a point guard, but a point guard is someone who is in a half court situation. You trust this guy to get the team set up and get going, to get the offense started. He's gonna, he's gonna. And I, Ellis has never shown me anything that, about, along those lines. No, he he looks like a guy who could be a score first point guard who's all feast or all famine. Is is how he played last year. Those are uh, usually pretty much what the definition of what a shooting guard is. But yeah, I mean, but yeah, but like you can also take the ball out of the shooting guard's hands. Like, like, like score first point guards to me are just short shooting guards. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't necessarily agree. I mean, I think that his biggest issue with for me would be wasted possessions because he's turning the ball over, and that's what would have to be minimized. Um, 
Texas says Ellis is going to have to. He said he showed flashes last year. He's going to have to be a better decision maker if he wants to run the point next year. I, I mean, I agree with Obviously, that. Obviously, yeah. That's what's going to have to get better this offseason. Um, Texter says, after hearing Trevor's philosophy on parenting, I'm very glad that Taco Bell Girl is a guy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hey, Texter now. Today, in today's society, we can adopt. Texter says, I don't Don't, know, Mike. Watch watch what you say there, Texter. Texter says, I don't know, Mike. Stone uh, Stone Cold Trevor just (laughs) created the word unst. Shows creativity, (laughs) at least. It's a fair point. There was that one time a KRC dictionary that we did of just like created words on the show. You do have your own vernacular. Yeah, what and I, I, say? I I applaud it. And sometimes I find myself. I should have my own wordle version. Texas says Turtle. it's just TK's human growth hormones for maximum parenting. <laughs> <laughs> Second figure said Mike Cave, no sports the last 30 minutes. Well, we tried to do it right there. I think we started with baseball talk with softball. Texas, what time is TK heading over to the Rutherford household tonight to babysit kids under four? <laughs> no worries. <laughs> They're best under four. Texas says, Mike, uh, what's your di- what's the difference in your love life between no kids, one kid, and two kids from Gregory? Oh, well, I mean, is there? Yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> there's less time together for sure, especially now with two kids. With one kid, it, it didn't change that dramatically. With two kids, it's yeah, it, it's different. It's, I mean, I feel like for like biggest example, Mary has been sleeping upstairs with John, and I've been sleeping downstairs. Until Virginia like freaks out in the middle of the night and has to get in bed with me for, for basically the last four months. Quit, quit bothering walking down every night. You just decide to sleep in there now. We literally say good night, I love you, and then some form of good luck to one another as we go our <laughs> other place. It's like we're going off on like like respective missions to space every single night <laughs> in case I don't see you again. God speak. And then like we'll we'll both be awake. Like I'll hear. I'll hear John screeching like a pterodactyl upstairs and be like, like text her and be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Or she'll hear Virginia and she'll be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. It's it's like every day is a battle. And it does, it, I mean, it absolutely changes things. I'm just glad that like we have, like our relationship hasn't changed at all. Like we have less time together, but we're, we're, we're very close. I think as far as, as partners go, like we still, we're on the same wavelength. We joke around a lot. We have the same sense of humor, which is good. Between you and me, I feel like we're just like the, poster child for a condom commercial over here. I mean. Hey, I love the kids. I wouldn't have it any other way. Text says, good morning. Oh, this is a uh, KRC text. KRC text. Getting it in right below the, uh, right before the uh, the final. Uh, they thought they could sneak it in after we got done, but we're still here. It's 546. We're still getting ready. That's right. Good morning. Good morning. TJ's take that the Masters is overrated is the most ridiculous statement ever. Good job, TJ. Good call. It's not even a take. It's just stupid. Again, Scooter proves he's the smartest person on the show. Have a great show, UK Press. Okay, UK Did Pez, TJ Walker call the Masters overrated? I don't know, but he I know that this guy thinks Scooter's the smartest guy on the show, which that worries me. I mean Agree. Outside of his he just has irrational <laughs> beliefs in his golf game. You're, you're afraid I could be a parent. I mean <laughs> <laughs> Texas says Masters is overrated, TJ. You are one hundred percent correct. Oh, no Lord. one cares about the Masters. A lot of people care about the no Masters. No one gives two bleeps it's going on. No one even knows it's happening. It's it's quite literally like it's the number one trending topic on Twitter right now. No, it's not. Let's see what's trending on my Twitter account. Uh, well, number, now yeah. now Yankees is. Number one Twitter, John Wick. Is he doing another movie? <laughs> How do we always have different trending topics? I have John Wick. I've got John Wick down today. Why is Chuck Todd always trending? Chuck, Chuck Todd? I saw him Every earlier, time we yeah. look at this, Chuck Todd's trending. I saw him trending on mine too earlier. He's not anymore. I've got Parsons now. Stop watching Meet the Press, people. Like What is what is Parsons? I like Meet the Press, actually. Uh, is that what he's from? I That's how old that. I am. Uh, Texas says, we, we're, I know we're up against it. I'm trying to get these last three out here. Texas says, cackling. Appreciate that. Text says, Google disc to digital. You can own Slapshot for $2 on Vudu. Great hack for lots of movies. I have a Vudu account. 
I, I guarantee you don't. I don't have a Voodoo account. Don't you get one? You can buy movies there. Okay. It's good for renting movies that are like not on other streaming service. They have like everything. Right. Uh, Texas, did, did Trevor say that kids are newborn until they are four, five, or six? I'm cackling. <laughs> no, I didn't say newborn till. I was like until like four, five, six is a great age because you can do what you want to do, not to worry about hiding it. Plus, when you nothing makes like sitting through the cartoons that they want you to watch like more entertaining than when you're in that state of mind. Like, I, I, it has saved me many of mine. I mean, I wouldn't know. I'm not like blazed out of my mind. Like when I'm sitting next to my kids watching Peppa Pig. Uh, you haven't lived. I'd like to be. Trust me. <laughs> I'd like to be. I don't see the problem. I don't want CPS coming to my house. Oh, they wouldn't come. In. I think they would. <laughs> no. If they, if they knew that was happening. Well, if they, if they haven't said, if they haven't taken a kid away that I'm watching, then I mean, well, like my buddy had me watch his uh, uh, his other kid the other day. Uh, Cameron came okay, over. We got to go quick. Here. Cameron's like going on. He's six. Yeah, he just turned six. Five fifty-eight. He calls. He's like, "Do you mind watching Cameron?" I'm like, "Sure, bring him over." Because what I do, I spent had him spend the two hours he's over there cleaning out the uh, all the the, the 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 sticks from my front yard from the last windstorm. That's what you do when you have kids. Uh, again, said by somebody who does not have kids. Well, I had him for had him for the day, and then I, you know, then I went to McDonald's. I got him a Happy Meal. TJ Walker texted in and said, Trevor doesn't take his dog for walks. He's not cut out for dad life. Oh, no. Come on, TJ. You know that's BS. You don't take your dogs for walks? I got a backyard. Oh, my God. Now I'm, I'm changing my whole view. What? That's awful. Dogs need to be walked. What do you think they do in the backyard? They need exercise. They need to get out. They need to smell more smells. They need to be stimulated. So it's a backyard for. TJ also says, my take on the Masters is great, but how... Great can something be when they don't show every single shot, and it's true. Oh, yeah, the, TJ, tell them. The TV coverage rubs me the wrong way. Don't get me wrong. Like I've got significant issues with Augusta National. Masters think, is overrated. I'm a great parent, plain and simple. Texas says, it wasn't until I had two kids that I learned what nap time sex was. <laughs> nice I, I knew what that more. was. when. I, hey, when I, was, when I was 20, I was dating this girl who was 24, and she had a kid. I knew, it, I knew all about that. I knew even then, at 20, I knew what nap time sex was. Texas says, great. I'm glad we're ending on this high note. No hope, man. Disney on ice is a waste for kids under five. Bad idea. Well, we're going. We bought the tickets. It's happening. I don't care. We're going to have a good time. God. Thanks for everybody bearing with Come us Come and hang tonight. out with me before the show, and you'll have a good time. Real quick, tonight, Blue Jays, Rangers, final score pick. Who you got? Blue Jays, 7-4. Uh, Rangers 6-3 because I'm mad at you right now. <laughs> everybody have a fantastic weekend. We're back on Monday at 3 o'clock. Have a wonderful weekend. Don't do what Trevor does, as always. Do call me. Mattingly and Conseco, Ken Griffey's grotesquely swollen jaw. Steve Sachs and his running with the law. We're talking Homer, Ozzy and the Straw.